Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Outside. Because <laughs> we are two fucking outsider freaks who do be sipping on that apple sour lolly shit. Yeah, if you want a fucking chic outsider with a chic ass bottle to be sipping on in the club, go get yourself an outsider. We are loving your pictures that you're sending us. Yes. Basically... An outsider can is now the harder thing to have than a fucking a lip gloss or a, yeah, or a Gucci boxy belt. I would not wipe me eyes with that shit, but... I would wipe my eyes with a outsider can. I would wipe yeah. my eyes after I've been... Yeah. So, thank you, outsider, for sponsoring this episode and tuck in, tuck in to this juicy episode of It Girls Podcast. But it ain't juicier than a fucking outsider can. Mm-hmm. We'll be getting texts up in this bitch. Bye. Welcome Hey. Back. Welcome the fuck back to It Gals Podcast. How the hell are you, biatches and fellas who do be listening and who do want to be getting woke? <laughs> we know there are some We secret, see you. The secret fellas. We get the SoundCloud stats. Yeah, the secret <laughs> indie <God>. fellas. <laughs> that guy I met last week who said he listened to a few bumble matches to be listening and getting woke. Did he Their have words, you? not mine. Did from Bumble. Yeah, no, a couple have. What? Or they listened after because it's like in your link in bio. It, they just are like, what's your podcast? And I'm like, it goes. And they're like, oh, God, I'm listening to your podcast. <laughs> That's two woke girls spitting the truth. I'm like, yes, it is, bitch. Yeah, yes, yeah. it is, honey. It's kind of good because it's kind of like, here I am and you've no surprises. Yeah, exactly. I haven't told people in my new job yet. I'm kind of dreading for it. Like, because it is. Really? Because like, I started it in my, when I was working in my old job. So I was like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm starting a podcast. So like, that was different. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like it the growth period. In your new job, you know, be like, got a podcast? What's it about? Well, what's it not about? I see. I think it's worse in our heads. It is worse, but it's like it's more just like the thing about our podcast is that it's like recorded conversations that yeah. everyone is having. Totally. Apart from ours, I recorded. think what it is is like when you tell someone in work you have one, it's like what episode they're going to listen to. Because mm. some could be crazier than others. And especially because, like, when you start a new job, you're kind of randomly like, shy. <laughs> <laughs> you're like sitting there, like, hi guys, yes, I'm normal. And then they go on, and you're like, anyway, me fucking fanny's killing me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, they're getting to know a whole lot of us. Because I even get embarrassed, not embarrassed, but I get like, uh, when someone's like, I listened to that episode of your podcast there. I'm like, it's oh, weird. God. They're like, 
fucking mad the stuff you're talking about. And I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, fucking Sandra. Yeah, like if you fellas off Bumble have been like, uh, oh my God, you guys just don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I so do, funny. I really do care. But they're just like, you just don't give a flying fuck, do you? So I'm like, uh, that's what they get from it. That's kind of good. I'm into that. Yeah. Mm. You're not. <laughs> it just seems kind of reckless. Like, I don't give a yeah. fucking shit. I'd be fair for someone to think, I don't give a fuck, than someone to be like, don't message me again. I think people like people who don't give a shit. Like, people usually only say that in a good way. Yeah, true. Like, oh, she doesn't give a fuck. People use that in like a... Oh, they don't care. They're just themselves. Gonna... Deep down, I'm really caring, though. I'm, like, dying inside. When oh, yeah. Like, oh. People say that. They're like, you don't care. I'm like, really? It's like, no, I say <laughs> Tell it. that to my anxiety. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I say it. I feel like I don't care. And then the day later, I'm like... <gasps> no, as I'm doing it, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, and then I begin the to care. Yeah, I'm like... Right <laughs> I'm like, oh, Hyperventilating. <laughs> how's, how have the spirits been, Lindsay? Yeah, Lindsay's so I was... Been uh, I'm probably going to talk about the exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm probably going to talk about this on Snapchat. I the gas thing is is that two weeks ago I was Snapchatting and everyone was writing to me. They were like light kind of flex happening in the Snapchats and everyone was like, "Hey, hon, there's spirits in your house, hon." Like just writing to me. I was like, "Okay, you fucking Bella, and that's a bit of dust." But anyway, then I like was like, "Shit." I don't know if that is fucking dust. And I started believing in this. I don't even know if I believe in it or what I think about you it. You can but convince yourself of shit when you hear it enough. Like. Yeah. I started getting spooked anyway. Yeah. And exactly last night it came to a head and I was in my, mo- I was in my house. Nothing even happened though. That's the best thing. There was this, okay, no, the other night I was in my bed and I was on my phone just about to go to sleep and there was a thump oh. in my wardrobe. And I froze, and I was far too fucking afraid to like open my yeah. wardrobe and check. Oh, no, it was, well, it was a fucking child. But remember now. last weekend when you were in my house? That was weird. What was that again? It was like a thump. Yeah. I actually think it was. It was a thump. It was because, like, obviously, I was saying this to Jack earlier. We were out for a drink, and I was telling him, and I was like, even Jenny freaking said something last week, and I was like, Jenny's so rational. Jenny wouldn't be a like. <gasps> No, but I you said something that. and you were freaked and that made me way more freaked because yeah. usually you'd be like, Lindsay, it's a freaking like event or win- whatever. Yeah. I mean, but you I were a bit freaked last week. Ghost. I thought there was someone at the fucking back door because that's I don't get freaked by ghosts. I just always think that like when I'm ever in my house by myself, I'm freaked. Like I think there's someone downstairs all the time or I have this big really big fear and I know you said you used to have a fear mm. kind of similar but yours is way freakier <laughs> that I'm you know my so my uh, doors at the kitchen are like floor to ceiling like glass so mm. I'm always afraid that like I'll be bopping around the kitchen and you know when the light's on in the kitchen mm. they you can you can't see out yeah yeah they can see you I'm always like someone's in the garden watching but yours is what was mine because I have many you were, you were like I used fears. to have this fear though 
I'd open the curtains and there'd be someone hanging. <laughs> yeah, that was but a like, weird one. That does freak me but out. now my fear is, is it like when I'm going to brush my teeth and I go into the bathroom and I'm brushing my teeth, I get this fear that someone's Someone gonna like, <gasps> like gonna like grab me oh my by God, my mouth and gonna like, and I, like, I do get the fear I get of, weird like, fears like that. When the you know the bathroom mirror, like if you spit and then you look back up and there's someone fucking looking at you. Because it's all feng shui. What's that word? Feng shui. Yeah. yeah, it's all that kind of stuff. Because in my in my lounge room, the kitchen wall comes out so much so that you can't see the door. Oh, yeah. So that really messes with your head yeah. because you can't. Oh, like you have to kind of crane your body around yeah. to see. It's so funny. It's obviously like something weird in our like genetics that like because we're like hunters and you yeah. know what I mean. Like mm. we, we need to like be able to like kind of see everything. It's like how yeah. like my cat. All, both my cats love sitting up high because they can like see, see everything yeah. no one's gonna stand be spectators of the whole yeah. room and it's like that must be a kind of thing that like humans don't like to have like nooks and crannies that they can't see around because like there could be like a someone paints that and you yeah. won't be prepared because I saw that on fucking Grand Designs years ago. Really? Where it's like, say, you know your door is there yeah if this was a big loft apartment or whatever yeah you couldn't have like say the couch facing that way yeah and the door yeah, behind yeah. you because you always a you human always instinct would be to like turn, yeah yeah it is fucking freaky but like it's so easy to get freaked by yourself I get my freak levels are mental like when I'm in the house by myself I have to have the alarm on when I'm upstairs because mm. I'm and I also I'm freaked that like when I have a shower someone's gonna come in the house I'm, I'm freaked like I don't know how I am freaked but I have reason to be freaked I know I'm fucking irrational but remember you know, I'm irrational but I'm remember obviously years ago I had a fire in an apartment yeah. in my apartment and I remember like a week before that fire happened or however many days before the fire happened I had this it was kind of like a half dream half reality you know those dreams where you're like kind of like a lucid dream almost, yeah so you're half awake kind of yeah and you're like you know those dreams where you're like is this is there actually someone in my room or is it a dream and then you wake up and you're like Ooh. oh my god but i was in my bedroom at the time and i woke up and i saw these big gray hands coming around my oh my god I remember i told you that i know oh jenny oh my god no. i saw you no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm having PTS freaking deep. I, I fucking know, Jenny. I told you that. Dream. It was fucking weird. And I told, I think I told you about this dream. I can't remember. But I, these big grey hands were coming around my bedroom door, like slender. <laughs> fucking horrendous. And like, then Christmas came and it was Stephen's Day. And Stephen's Day, I was out and then I hooked up with this guy that I've been hooking up with. Um, and we went back to mine and we were in my bedroom and we heard all these mad sounds in the living room. We were like, what the f-? Both naked, by the way, mad. <laughs> <laughs> and we were heard all these mad sounds in the living room and we were like, what the hell is that? It was like mad crackling. And we opened up my bedroom door and the grey of the smoke came around the bedroom door like the fingers because they were fireproof doors. So it just oh kind of like snuck around and then like plumed into the whole room. There was a fire in my living room and then it just kind of took over the whole like house or whatever. But I'm That's like, freaky. that is fucking weird. And yeah, I was I was telling you. You haven't had any like premonitions about the old... But they're all ghosts. easy to look 
back on. True. You know, like I would have thought that was just a weird dream. Backwards. Like I was telling um, Jenny that because I was on the phone to my friend and we were both kind of freaking each other out. Like I was like, do you ever think stuff? My friend Sophie had gone and had gotten these three crystals from a shop and I put them in a glass and in the same glass was her daughter's teeth. <laughs> two like baby teeth that she just saved yeah. and had it in a kind of glass and she had these three crystals and she woke up yesterday morning and two of the teeth were now four they had been pres- like precisely I have a photograph precisely I was, like because I was skeptical I yeah. was like Lindsay they probably just cracked in half with their old teeth no 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 it literally as you said so we said it looked like a laser had cut them yeah it was like spliced perfectly the through middle. the middle of each tooth she randomly went to sleep. There was two teeth. She woke up and she kind of just glanced and she was like, what? That's random. And had a look in. And there's four teeth. And I was like, to my sister, I was like, I feel like someone's trying to tell me something. And she was like, if I was a fucking ghost, I'd just write it in the wall. Ha- hiya, bad things are about to come. <laughs> Fiona. Yeah. I was like, yeah, why don't they do that? They're having fun, I think. I think they fucking think it's gas. Couldn't you be bored in the the abyss of limbo? Like, you're just like, fuck it. Or I have a freaky story. Okay. It's not like insanely freaky. I actually think the fucking grey hands is freakier because I can visualise that. Uh, yeah, I know. It's horrendous. freaks out. Freaks me out. So my mum was telling me, because I was asking her about ghosts not like years ago. And she was like, I was like, do you believe? Like, what do you think? And she was just kind of like, I don't know. I do have a weird story though. And I go on, go on, go on, go on. She was like, so my friend, whatever I say, let's call her Mary. She's my friend Mary. I grew up with her or whatever. She's such a normal woman. Like she's like, she only told me this story when we were like older or whatever. And she was like, yeah, it's a real weird situation a few years ago. When I was growing up, I always had this friend and like we were playing every single day and we were best friends and we were best friends. And it was only really from when I was from the age of four till about eight and every day after school we would play dolls just constant playing one day she's not there the next day she's not there <laughs> the day after that, i haven't i'm missing my friend she was fucking like where the fuck and she went into her mom and she was like mom where's my fucking friend i can't remember she had the name of the friend but whatever yeah she's like where's you know Lindsay?" Mm-hmm. and her mom was like who and she's like where is Lindsay, my fucking friend and she was like I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. And she was like, she explained, she said that this girl always wore this like white pinafore dress. Mm. And her, all of a sudden she started explaining to her mum and her mum apparently got like shivers up her whole body because she played with the girl as well. Oh! Living in the house that she grew up in. Oh my god! she was like, that same thing happened to me. After I turned a certain age, she stopped turning up because maybe... She only wants to play with the kiddies, the kiddie winks. Oh. Playing with the, and the party, and then like all this other sort of shit, they like, they got obsessed with the story and they looked into the history and yeah. like, there was a big, there was like an orphanage nearby. Weird. Like apparently her mum was like, what the fuck? Because she was like, when she said like Lindsay or whatever, her mum was like. <gasps> That's the, weird. Yeah. I mean, and like the thing is, is like 50, like it's like how I like astrology, right? Mm. 80% of me just loves to be entertained by it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, uh-huh, yeah. Because we were talking about that girl we follow on Instagram. And like, I can't bear, you know, the angels are following us. We're manifesting a, a oh, conscious yeah, yeah. level mm. of happiness within the world. If you see three f- white feathers in a day, that means that there's a spirit <laughs> watching over you. And, and like, you... look, if you're into that shit, cool. Like, I'm not judging, you know. If that's your shit, 
if that gets you through the day, grand. Yeah. But for me, just personally, like, I enjoy it, but, like, you know, sometimes people say some shit to me and I'm like... <laughs> See, I'm more at the... I was brought up, like, I'm obviously... I've spoken a million times before that my parents are really religious. And they're really religious, but they are also really aware of... My parents are would believe in spirits. Yeah. And would believe in... Like messing with that kind of yeah, stuff, like, like the dark side yeah. Of it. Like I kind of I said to my dad about my my friend with the crystals, and he was like, "Crystals are kind of a weird thing to get into. It's kind of otherworldly. It's kind of like inviting stuff. Like I don't know. It's just about the whole kind of like new agey kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And if you kind of mess with it, then you are inviting stuff. And it's the kind of thing where I think I was grand, but when people started to talk about spirits. <laughs> yeah. And I started to recognize something. Then I obviously saw more. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're paranoid, became well, aware. Like, I mean, if you're already sketched out, like I know when I'm on in the house by myself, I can be grand bopping around thinking of nothing, and then all of a sudden I'm like, "What if there's someone in the kitchen?" And then any noise in the gaff, I am freaking. I'm like thinking of getting in my wardrobe. Like, I live yeah. over an extension in the house, and I'm like, I could just get out in that window now, and I'll be grand. You know what I mean? I'm like... Yeah. But if I wasn't thinking about that, I wouldn't even notice the noises. You know, I, yeah, like, I've been thinking about this for two weeks, and I've been able to go into bed and sleep yeah. and wake up and be grand. And it's always grand in the day. It's just the night time that yeah. kind of freaks me out. But last night, I was on the phone to Sophie, and she told me the tooth story, and I was like... <laughs> Fuck this shit. Because you know Luna saw you in the middle of the hallway. Yeah, I was like talking to um, Sophie and I was like, heard these creaks and I was like, <laughs> Sophie, oh, oh no, Sophie, something's happening. And then like Luna just burst open the door and I was like, for fuck's sake. I was like, Luna, we're out of here. We are fucking out of here. So I rang a taxi and I was like, we are destroyed into my parents' house. Half two in the morning. Right? Half two in the morning. She was like, yay, yay. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, we going out in dark? I was like, yeah, sure, we're getting out of here. We're not knackered. I was, I never knackered, you know. Yeah, you're not. I was freaked. And then, like, I got into, and I, like, went into Fiona's room. She was conked. And, like, me and Luna were just like, I was like, Fiona, will Fiona wake up? She was like, what the hell? <laughs> she thought it was, she was like, what time is it? I was like, uh, three. She was like, why are you here? Then I was like peeing, taking off my makeup. My yeah. mum woke up. She's like, "What are you doing here?" I was like, "Oh, sorry, hey, mum." Do you have keys? Yeah, I have a key. Oh right. She, she's regretting that day. Yeah, she gave me the key. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I was in the van, and she's like, "What are you doing here?" Like, my mum tired. She's like, you know, when her eyes yeah. are on, like she was like frazzled hair. I was like, "Oh, hey, mum." Oh, Nan's actually haunting me, so I came up here. She thinks it's your nan. She's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> My mum and dad have all these things. They're like, no, a spirit doesn't manifest in one person. Like, they have all their... Yeah, little things. Yeah, but my nan said to me, she was like, if I ever get dementia and you don't roll me off a cliff, I'm haunting you. And I obviously didn't roll her off a cliff, so here I am being haunted. (laughs) She's loving it. Yeah, and she's like, "Ah." and me, because I know, like, and the weird thing, Sophie is the firstborn. Mm-hmm. And so it was Sophie's dad's mum who died. And they're really like, and me and my nana, like we're the firstborn. So we're like, is there some fucking weird thing going on? Who knows? But anyway, yeah, so I'm sorry myself at fear. <laughs> WBU. <laughs> I, I, I just, my main thing is just being the gaff alone. But don't be, like, I'm going to be haunted now thinking of that. I do get Slenderman fear. 
I know. But I, the thing I <laughs> randomly, I was talking to Michael about it a while ago. And I was like, I do constantly think about Slenderman. And Michael was like, okay. And I was like, but just so you know, he's only really likes children, especially boys. So uh-huh. a 28 year old woman. I was like, I'm grand, to be honest, Michael, I'm grand. He was literally sitting there like, Jenny. And I was like, I'm fine. Because isn't the Slenderman thing like, if you... We, we, we talk about him too much right now. Yeah, yeah. Fucking his long fingers be wrapping around that door, yeah, yeah. So let's move on. Yeah, and that's what I think the whole thing is, is if you... It's actually a good metaphor for it. Yeah. It's like, the more you look for it, the more you'll find it. Yeah, and that can be with so many things. Like, fucking going through your fellas farm. Yeah. You so know. what the fuck are we talking about? We're talking about more, some much, much more fun this week. Way more fun. Yeah, we're not going to be having Mystic Meg yeah. on. We're going to take a break in a second for our, our outsider, little outsider moment. But this week, we're, we're revisiting Sex in the City because, I mean... As we said in the last episode, this was meant to be a Sex and City podcast. Mm-hmm. So, fuck, we've got a lot to talk about. And Jenny got, oh, you have to show us the magazine you got. Oh my God, yes. Actually, that's a good shout. So we are in Motley Mag, which is University Cork's student magazine. So we have a fucking centerfold. Two so cool. pink pages. It's by Aoife Walsh, I want to say. Aoife is one of our listeners. And, you know, this is what I meant to fucking say. You know you know that uh, listener we have, Chloe Farquaad? Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. in the magazine too. She's oh, madly cool. in it. Oh, no. Madeline. So there's two, three it gals. So any of our court gals out there, um, I'm sure there are some left. We were actually thinking, and if you are a court listener, we were thinking of taking a little trip, me and Jenny, having a little overnight hotel stay <laughs> in Cork. Because we want to meet Rebecca and Kevin. Yeah, basically that's the main um, reason for it. And our friend Steve. Yeah, we have a great friend Steve who is down in Cork and he's so much fun. And I think we'd love to have a night out with him. We'd love to kind of go hunting out Rebecca and Kevin. We just have to go to Nando's, babes. But also Cork is... Both Cork is so cultural. I really want to go. I really want to go. I've yeah. never been. I've never been to. I'm such a dog. Cork is the kind of place where you're like, whoa! I can't believe this is like. If you're a Dublin person yeah. going down there, you're like, this is amazing. Yeah, it's a big city. Yeah. So hope maybe we'll go down to Cork. And it's soon. gorgeous. Like it's really kind of theatrically like pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great for selfies. AKA. It's an old, uh, very old city. Mm. But yeah, so that's our fucking other updates. But uh, yes, so this week we are talking about Sex and the City, the men of Sex and the City, not just about them in Sex and the City, but how they fucking, like, basically who they would be in Dublin City in 2017. Yeah, we kind of want to mix in an episode where we're talking about Sex and the City, obviously our favourite show. And just kind of weaving it in, because like the reason, Jenny and I fell in love with Sex and the City we watched the program, but always connected it to our own lives. So that's kind of what we want to do in this episode. Connecting like, Hell yeah. you know, a show to Dublin and that. So, I good shit. Hold up and it will be B or motherfucking B bitches. So, as always, we're bringing our outsider moment, as we know, outsiders' entire perspective on life is about being your true self, living outside the box. Live in La Vida Loca. And we usually read out either our own or your moments of where you've been an outsider and you've just not given a fuck. So Against the grain. <laughs> Against the grain. My bitches. So this one is from, as we said, we had an uh, Instagram competition a while ago and this one was just fucking gas. Girlfriendless. Yeah, we love this one. It's from H-C-O-L-S. Add that bitch. 
What about when we turned up to a Halloween party dressed head to toe in full Barney costumes? We're talking Barney, BJ and Baby Bop. Yes, the dinosaurs. And no, no one else was dressed up. Hashtag Scarlet. <laughs> I love that it was Barney, BJ and Baby Bop. Yeah, Bebop. I fucking remember that free. Yeah, with her frilly head on it. Yeah, she was like, Bobby, me, baby, baby. And Barney was like, come on, Bebop. I mean, could there be any more of a night's item than turning up to a party that you think is just uh, as yes. Barney and still have a fucking This is what I learned because last week I was at... um. Oh yeah, so we just wanted to, I'm going to talk about that in our following <laughs> on Outsider Moment. Um, but basically the Outsider Moment is what I'm trying to talk about is that like I was at a gig last week that went kind of like the performer wasn't there. If you are presented with a bad night, it's a true outsider to be like, we're still going to have fuckloads of fun yeah. and do what the hell we want. So thanks, Outsider, for sponsoring this segment as per usual. Uh, go grab yourself a can because we're going to get into the fucking meat, the meat of the episode. Yummy, yummy. The tofu steak. <laughs> yeah, that real tofu dough. <laughs> if you're vegan, you can have tofu. Yes. <coughs> I just like breathed in. <coughs> My outsider. A fly. You're not vegan anymore. She breathed in a fly. Never been taken into the So, yeah. Then you were a baby. Uh, no, I was having the milk then. The breast milk? Yeah, but it's still a fucking animal's milk. Breast milk from your mother? Yeah, she's still an animal. No, she's not. That's fucking vegan, you mad bitch, because it's consensual. <laughs> I just was like, I think you said. You were in <laughs> Not a vegan. I was on my mom. How do you mean plant based? What the fuck a vegan is? No. 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 Unless you're talking about melons. <laughs> I was such a Jerry just. Such a mind as a Yeah. That, um. No. Veganism is about oh, giving, <laughs> like giving. Like, we are taking from the animals. Yeah. But, like, your mum was not like, get away from my tit. And you're not like, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Vegan is my thought was just about not having. Anyway, I couldn't be arsed. Yeah. We we'll can have this fight later after a few more Let's we'll have a full episode about <laughs> veganism and about um, Anyway. <laughs> moving as the lovely on. Sex in the City was a great program. Loved it. it loved it. It aired in 1998. Anyway, boring.com. The dudes. So, the last one yeah. we, we kind of just spoke about, we actually spoke about, <laughs> about, more so about, like, the women, because, I mean, obviously they're the best characters of the main characters, but they're a the lot meat. of the... <laughs> they are the consensual meat in that episode. The men episode. and the tits. Yeah. So, the men are more so, like, the vessels, dare I say. <laughs> Not the women yeah. have their stories <laughs> through. Yeah, 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 Do you yeah, know what yeah. Mean? yeah like I got what you mean. All these Very true. The, the different kind of um, parts is, and subjects of Sex and City are always explored because it's a show about sex and the fucking city. So <laughs> actually, it's a show about relationships. <laughs> oh, like quite like this podcast. Yeah, um, let's open up this can. Oh, I crack my okay. okay, we're gonna have a virtual crack right now. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. okay. Um, so, we want to now talk about the dudes because they're just fucking interesting, man. They are interesting. Yeah, basically, a lot, like, obviously, the show Sex and the City, and we're just going to pretend, like, we're just going to pretend for this podcast that you all are invested in the show as much as us because it's more fun for us yeah. and that's why we're fucking doing it. 
And like we said, we we're going to start this podcast off as purely based around Sex and City. So yeah. having a fucking episode where it's about you is getting off lightly. Totally. If you're I'm not like, a, a fan. And it might even, even if you're a light fan, this might inspire you to get more into it. Yeah. And it's just relatable. Yeah. So the first guy, who is the first guy you want to talk about? Okay. I think the main, okay, we should probably go the lesser guy before going. Okay. Out. So, okay. Do you have a kind of like under... Should we talk about burger first? Yeah, well, I have not much of an opinion on burger. See, burger for me, Fiona... I hate ...is burger. obsessed with burger. I know, she's obsessed with the whole story of burger, yeah. like the whole thing. So what we're trying to do in this episode is talking about the guys in Sex and City and relating them to kind of Dublin guys or like the... Modern kind of dudes in modern re- dating. Yeah, real life dating. Um, so burger basically in Sex and the City was... Carrie got a book deal and she was like in and out of these like offices doing her book deal and she bumped into this guy who also had a book and then they kind of were turning up at events. So what we're trying to do is relate the guys from the show to Dublin guys. But I think we should first start off with just discussing not like what happened in the episodes but just him as a character because I actually when you were talking about that there something that really jumped into my head which I thought was an interesting plot line that they went down Mm -hmm. was so Berger had just got this like he had he had already done a book as far as I remember and he he had a successful yeah and he was going into his second book deal and he or he was pitching for it or something and yeah. Carrie had he finished, wrote it yeah he had Remember. finished yeah it's crunchy oh I know it's crunchy <laughs> yeah a New York woman would never <laughs> wear a scrunchie so she had written her book and I, I thought it was really interesting they went into the whole like when you are making more money mm-hmm. than your boyfriend mm-hmm. thing because that was a big kind of that was the crunch of yeah their whole their, yeah that was a really interesting point and it kind of yeah so basically I think he kind of he kind of saw her grow. They had started going out yeah, when like she was he just was more famous. Yeah, he had just got this amazing book deal, and his first book was doing well. And she obviously hadn't a book. She was coming from like newspapers, so he probably thought, "Okay, I'm better than her." Yeah, she wor- worked for like she wrote for like the New York Post or yeah, Star. Or Star or yeah, it was Star. Star. Like- and then she just her book did really well, and she started making money and when she started making money he was like not I don't know they didn't sign they didn't sign him for his next book yeah and he was not like making money or whatever something that I found really interesting was that she felt that she couldn't like because that's the point of a healthy relationship right like that's going to happen in relationships where sometimes you're going to be making more money than another person. Like, there's very rarely going to be that you are both making the exact same amount of money and you're both equally as successful and mm-hmm. because life comes in, like, fucking dips and curves and all the rest. But that showed that, like, it was just not a healthy relationship because he, even though his book wasn't signed or they hated his book or something, mm. which is shit. Like, that must be, like, your art or whatever is just being, like, someone tears at a new arse, you know, that way being, like, this is bollocks. Yeah. But she had just got this, like, $50,000 check or something, and he was yeah. just like, I just want to sit at home. And it's just like, okay, I get it. I understand you being in a mood, but, like, he, she felt then that she couldn't celebrate her success because he was... She felt like it was rubbing it in his face. But I also kind of thought what they wanted to explore in that relationship mm. is that, like, they'd never put Carrie with someone who was quite like her. 
and they finally had put yeah, her with someone. So true. She was able to give her a little kind of book quips, like exclamation point, comma. Um, you know the way she always talks like that. Cutesy. Yeah, and yeah, and they. It was kind of like, you know, you're saying that you want a boyfriend, you mm. want a forever relationship. How about we give you like someone who is exactly like you and see how you yeah. fend? And then you're like, actually, no. It doesn't work. Mm. And I think they were kind of trying to say that, you know, it would all be great. Because they had a lot of scenes of Berger and Carrie in bed reading. And I thought that was quite yeah, like, they they're both so, you know, book smart. And they like love reading. And they were both quite coy in the same way. Like, remember that episode where like, because didn't they date and then they didn't see each other for a while and they rekindle because she saw him in the Hamptons? Yeah, it was very like, it's like, oh my God, serendipitous. And Mm. they kind of made him out to be very similar in that way that like most men would not be like, well, serendipitous. Yeah, yeah. This happened for a reason. Yeah. And they were both so like coy and like she sat over beside him. She's like, hey. And he was like, like, yeah, yeah. So like they, neither person kind of uh, jumped like on each other. Yeah. It was just very like, oh. We are here and here we are. Yeah. So... Obviously, that relationship ends in the most iconic way. Iconic. Like, if there could be a moment, I'm sorry, if there is a moment in Sex City that is so, like, 2017 dating, especially in Dublin, that is it. Although you probably wouldn't even get the fucking post-it. Yeah, the post-it was, like, something that is gold in these days. So what happens? Carrie and Burger, like, they have a fight. They had a fight and they separated for a week. I think they were like, we need a break. So they didn't see each other. And then she was talking to the girls and she was like, I miss him. I actually do think that there's something amazing here that we can work on. And then they got back together. They had an amazing night. And she was like, great. Yeah. And she like woke up and there was a post-it. And what did it say, Jenny? I'm sorry. I can. Don't hate me. After they'd met, like, after they were, like... Because, like, you know that feeling where, like, you have a fight with your boyfriend or, like, you know, your fucking guy you're dating and then you randomly meet up and you're, like, oh my God. and then yeah. you have, like, great sex and it's all fucking back to normal, it's grand. She literally woke up and she's, like, stretching in the morning yeah. and she goes over to the flowers and then she And she whacks the And the water, yeah, yeah. the slow-mo was, like, the dripping. Oh, it's beautiful, I'm here balling. But, um, it, but what also was so... I can't, like so ironic about that scene. He's a writer. Yeah. And he can't even explain why other in those really yeah. shy terms like I can't, don't hate me. Yeah. That's not anything that wouldn't give you closure in any sense I, of the word. I think they did that quite well with Burger in general because remember she was meant to really love his book. Because I remember when they start mm. dating, he gives her his book and he, yeah. she's reading it beside him and then she like closes and holds it to her chest yeah. and he's like what do you think? She's like, I loved it. Like, they're, and they're meant to be kind of like artistic counterparts. So they're like, proofing, yeah. he's helping her write and she's helping him write. And yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And it would have been on paper perfect. Yeah. Like, it would be great to have someone who you can they have that with. They did that quite well in the sense that she was meant to love his writing and it's almost like she fell in love with his writing rather than him because he, when he looked back on the character, I can barely remember a fucking line he said. And also, he Sarah boring. Jessica Parker can't. Because, my, like I said, my really? sister's obsessed with Burger. that whole story. And Fiona showed me this interview of Sarah Jessica Parker. It was with some, um, I don't know, he's a gay interviewer where he kind of, I don't know, he's gassed. She Sarah Jessica Parker is actually best friends with this guy. 
and he does these interviews to like really big celebrities. Right. And he was like, so asking all about Sex and City, he was like, so what about the post-it? And Sarah Jessica Parker's like, who wrote that again? Who was that? Oh, was it that writer guy? That writer guy? She did. he's quite a famous actor. Yeah, I know. He's in loads of shit. And he was really invested in Sex and City. Was he? I guess it was, well, a lot of the time you a see lot of, like, it's a big break for a lot of... Um, a lot of the male then. actors, which is, I was talking about this to Jack today. Shout out to Jack, our pal. Um, have you ever seen Sex and the City? A Farewell. No. Oh my lord! It's on YouTube in the two-part oh series. Oh my god! I know what we're yeah. watching. Yeah, yeah, literally. The, oh yes, to be honest. Yeah. Us bawling. They filmed it um, when they were filming the sixth series. Okay. And they then it was kind. Of, I think sixth it was like, is Loki one of my faves. I know. I love it. They the fashions more modern. Yeah, they were beautiful. Beautiful clothing, but they um, it was on the DVD of the sixth series where they. Um, did they do it all in parts? They do like oh, I had that. Remember that it was like the men, the fashion. Oh my god, I haven't seen it in fucking yeah. years, but I do remember. It's on now. YouTube in two I parts. Think I never watched the men because I was like boring. Yeah, I was like, 18, and they did the interviews with all the men, and all the men were just like, "Thank you." Yeah, almost bawling because like, "Thank you for having in me the here." Fucking good wife, big is in the good wife, and he mm. plays the same character, like the exact same character. And he literally is like, what's wrong, Alicia? And it's Alicia's hey, Carly. Like, oh, it's mad. He's cheap. Poor fucker has a cane. Okay. He does. Walking around New York with a cane. Why you get... Still was. Do you know what's fucking Still mad was. as well? Do you know what's fucking mad? What? Sad fucking note. You remember in Sex and City, like, my favourite... I always say my favourite episode of the Sex and City where it says guest starring Chris Noth. Because I'm oh, like, yeah. now I'm in juice. Yeah, I know. And you love the... But in The Good Wife, they do that as well. He's own like it, like he's a recurring character, but he's not in every episode. But it literally, when he's in it, What's it goes, it's a guest starring Chris Noff. It freaked me out. I was like, "Is this in his fucking contract, dude?" <laughs> oh my gosh, that was random. My favorites. No, I love seeing that. I was like, yeah. "Yes, yes," because of the chemistry. Okay, I have a good guy to talk about. Yes. You ready? Yes, Richard. Oh, I, <laughs> I have three words: Love, <laughs> pink, perfect. Oh, okay, I fucking high-key fancy Richard. Uh, high-key. <laughs> Micro-penis boner. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting hand heavy. Richard is Samantha. So, Samantha, as, I mean, just to cut it long story short, sex fiend. She's, I, we were talking about earlier, the women in Sex and City, I think a lot of people take it too literally. Like, a lot of people dissect Sex and the City and they're like, it's so ridiculous. Like, Samantha's made out to be the whore, Charlotte's the virgin. It's like, no. Sex and the City is, I see it anyway, as a breakdown of one woman mm-hmm. into many different parts with their most extreme parts. Yeah, through it's one the person. extremities. It's like, everyone, the four women, the reason why everyone loves all four women in some way, less so Charlotte mostly, of yeah. Sex and the City, is because you can relate to every single aspect of their personality. Yeah. Carrie is neurotic and self-obsessed. Everyone is a bit of that. 
Samantha is like sex obsessed. She's free. She's so wild. Everyone she's... wants to kind of have that about yeah. herself. And then Miranda, Miranda is the is like grounded and neurotic. And, no, and the neurotic. sarcastic, yeah. the kind of like dry and skeptical. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, and everyone is like that a bit. And then Charlotte is the more. She's kind of. I do think there is a sense of like a, a minute sense of Charlotte in everyone. No, there is. 100%. Where they're like she's just the romantic, and she's the like. Why can't we just believe in yeah. the goodness of life and all that kind of good what, stuff? What I see it about it. And also getting a bit prudish because we've all been in situations totally. where you're like, this is too much for me. Yeah. I'm a prude right now. And I think what the way I see it is, oh, she got a bit deep now. I haven't heard this. But actually, when you said that, I think that Carrie and Miranda are like, the split are two like halves of a whole personality. And uh, Samantha and, mm. and Charlotte are two halves of a whole of sexuality. Because... I think everyone wants to be like Carrie personality wise because she's like this kooky like cutesy like yeah. uh, but and she would be probably the most balanced as in yeah. she's like kind of she's open to sex but she's not that open and yeah, she's and like fully sure is naked and she uh, yeah. the sex she has is usually always very passionate and all the rest she thinks very highly of herself yeah. as well Carrie does she's like I would never yeah. do that no and like but even in her personality like she's like She's best friends with all the girls, right? So, you know, you don't really ever see Samantha and Charlotte hanging out. But you always, you see Carrie with all of them, one-on-one. Mm. -on -one. Mm. And Miranda, her personality is like... I think as you get older, everyone kind of realises that. Like, I mean, there's that fucking meme now that's like, be a Miranda. Like, that's yeah. the good friend. But I also think Sex and the City is a kind of show... I've been watching Sex and the City since I was a young teenager. I'm talking 13. Same. And I'm 30 now. And it's the kind of it's show, it's like Friends, like you can watch it, watch it, watch it, mm -hmm. but more like Friends, I watch and I don't really grow. I still yeah. seem, I still feel the same for every character. Yeah, I'm like, same. Chandler's funny, Ross is blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But Sex and City, I'm like, oh my goodness, I never noticed that about Miranda. Yeah. I'm like falling in love with the different characters the more and I watch it. moments. And, yeah. And then I think in sexuality, it's like, you know, everyone wants to be like Samantha because she's like this, like, sex. Everyone kind of, not everyone, but like, there is that part of, of most people that want to kind of be that sexually free and not give a fuck. Mm. But then people also have that kind of side of Charlotte where, as you said, there's, there's a moment for everyone that's like, oh, this is a little bit too much for me. Or yeah. everyone does judge. Everyone judges, whether you want to admit mm. it or not. Like, you might not be judging because someone got a, had a one night stand, but you might be judging because, I don't know, someone's talking about it on the bus. Who knows? Everyone has different levels of yeah. whatever, it, yeah. you know? So that's, you know, when we talk about the dudes, like, they're a little bit more muted, I think, purposely. But like you said earlier, the dudes are 100% the vessel. They are yeah. how the women... Because, like, the show is about... And the writers have said this themselves. The show is not about sex. The no. show is about relationships. Yeah. And relationships that never been spoken about in... Like, were told in the way that this show yeah. told the story. Like, never in a movie or in a show. Never. And that's why we're so obsessed with yeah. it. Like... So, okay. So, so Richard. So, yes. Yeah, so what my point was is that, so Samantha is shown as this super sexually free woman who just, like, doesn't give a flying fuck about anything. She, you know, as they say in their own way, like, that she can have, like, in quotes, whatever, uh, she can have sex like a man, she can have multiple partners all the time, and she doesn't really give a fuck, she doesn't, like, hold on to feelings to men, and... If she does, she seems to get over it, like, really, really quick. 
But then she meets this guy called Richard, who is actually very similar to Berger now that I think about it she's kind of the he's kind of the male version of Samantha 100% he mm-hmm. is like this mogul like she's like high up pure bitch career woman just you know killing it or whatever like her own of, boss yeah her, head of her own pure agency and kill like she's meant to be like the pure woman in New York City and this guy is the like hotel mogul of New York City and he owns the hottest hotels he's known to be a playboy like he's known private jet like he's basically just the kind of the zaddy he's a zaddy and he would have been someone who probably had babies and then like you know like sugar babies and then they meet in an interview, yeah, an interview for his hotel. He his calls ho- her yeah, to be it's head in of pure for his yeah. hotel branch. It was for some kind of event or whatever that she was supposed to host, and she came in and like they had a discussion, and he was like, "I'm just kind of concerned because of your reputation. Yeah, you have kind of basically insinuating that she had slept with women in the hotel and that it would cause no, not women." Or men, sorry, no, men. I think it was more so the, the guests that would be coming. No, he had said, she was like, what is your problem? And she finally got out of him. And he was like, you slept with my, whatever. Oh, yeah. sure. So yeah, it was yeah, basically yeah, okay. kind of bringing in her sexuality, being like, you know, you're coming in to work for me, but you've actually already slept with someone that you would be working with and mm. it will probably cause issues. And then Samantha's like, how will that cause issues? Because Samantha's whole thing is that I fuck like a man so I can have sex with you but then treat you just like a normal person like we haven't had sex where he was trying to kind of be like oh well you're going to bring in these issues as in like emotional issues where you're falling in love with people Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and she was kind of trying to say I had sex with him I yeah. don't fall in love with people. And wasn't it like that was the one interview that she leaves and she's kind of crying? Like she gets really shaken up about it, doesn't she? Oh yeah, she balls in the yeah, balls lift on the, the way down. Balls the lift. And um but she leaves really well. She doesn't yeah. she doesn't show him she's that. Like, okay, Richard. She's like I never knew a man as visionary as you. Oh yeah. Could be so like one-sided or something. Yeah, yeah. And then they he hires her the next day and then they kind of start this relationship because they're both hired. Mm. And it was kind of like, it was the first time in the show that you saw her really, it was like where it was the first time in the show where they had a main character as one of Samantha's boyfriends. Because Samantha's boyfriend before was a guy with a three inch dick. And that was almost kind of more like a slapstick comedy thing. Yeah. It was like, oh God, she likes a big dick. It wasn't like an actual like character kind of. And it wasn't like, yeah, 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 yeah. You, know you didn't mean? get like, to know his character. What was his name again? I can't even fucking remember his name. Like, he it was Richard, something. But like, it was like, and they, they were meant to love each other and all the rest, but like, it wasn't that. It was, that like you said, totally slapstick. Totally. And like, to be honest, um, I'll actually say it, I'll throw it out now. I actually think it was Samantha's most invested relationship, Smith included. Many, many would say that. Many, many would say. And. You know, so she had met this guy and, like, basically what I found interesting about that relationship was how they showed that, like, once jealousy gets in, it's mm. very hard for it to get out. Or once the trust is broken, it's very hard to get over it. Because Be- she yeah. finds... Because she, can you remember, so I just want to ask you if you can remember, like... How it happened. Like So they're dating... Solidly. What broke the trust? That's what I want to know. She, she walks in and... No, I know that, but that what moment. made... Yeah, but she had... She had 
But she like didn't, costumes she didn't on. Just trust him that time. That's the whole thing. She was going out with him as normal. Then she walks in him going down the girl, and then she no, gets but she was wearing no, she was wearing the costume. She walked in was on him after time? she was spying on him. She was spying on him because she was convinced he was cheating, and then she did catch him. But was that not the second time? No, she started to follow him around. The hotel in Atlanta. Atlantic the hotel City. in Atlantic City, she, she never caught him. She was... She in, was it, She didn't yeah. trust him and he couldn't put a foot right mm. in Atlantic City. Okay, so... I can't remember how it snuck in, so tell me. What happened... Okay, so Richard and Samantha were going out and she... Um, was totally falling for him. She was like obsessed with him. And he was giving her all the goods. Like he kept on like giving her the little presents. Yeah. yeah. And the presents were written like something like, what was it? It was like, um, my best or best for my best. Yeah. And it was like, uh, yeah, it was like beauty for beauty and all. Yeah. And then Richard and like he was all these expensive gifts. And then she, um, Samantha found that it was actually a buyer Mm -hmm. who was buying the thing. Yeah. And then she told him, right, love for love. And then she kind of said that, confronted him with the love word, basically. And he kind of freaked out, but he said, I love you. But then she didn't believe, I think, that he said that he was genuine. Well, I think she felt like, not like guilty, but I feel like she like, she set him up to say it. And then when he said it, she kind of realized. She was like, like, it's not not real. real. Yeah. It's like she knew what she was doing. And then she... I don't know. I can't remember. We need to rewatch that. How did she? Because I remember she decided that she was going to dress up in, <laughs> like she dressed up in disguise. She got a brown short wig, yeah. a white mac, and like glasses, <laughs> and followed him around. Yeah, and she she'd gets been in a taxi, and she's like, I think oh, she, that guy. yeah, and then she found him licking a girl out, yeah. and, and they got back together. Then though, they got back together. Shortly. Good. Uh, they only got back to the other ones after that. Yeah, and, and then, then they she, got back she together. just kept being crazy, and that's when Atlantic City happened. Atlantic City happened was, where... And he was like, baby, you just can't trust me. Yeah, and she was like, I actually can't. She's like, I can't, I have to get out of here. So what would he be the Dublin equivalent? Let's think, oh, girl. I feel like... I, okay, not to be like... I, I think it is that whole vessel thing. I It's not even that I think Richard has an equivalent, because cheaters are cheaters people cheat I think it's more an equivalent of like I see it happening a lot in Dublin with like you know girls or guys to be honest just fucking ruining their relationship with jealousy Mm -hmm. and like you know but then also like the cheating thing I don't know I don't really see him as someone in Dublin to be honest see I think jealousy is the same kind of thing as spirits <laughs> yeah, once it's it, the kind of thing where, like, once, it creeps in, it's once hard you to start to, like, you can, once you start to kind of take notice of something that your partner's doing, and then magnifying in on that as a jealous thing, you will notice every gaze, mm. every every little thing is a jealous thing. You can't be going walking around with your boyfriend if you're a jealous person. Yeah. He'll look at a girl and you'll be like, oh my God, he's looking at her and he's saying she's fucking massive and I'm not massive. And he's like, you can get this stuff into your head yeah. and drive yourself around the bend. Mm-hmm. And usually, to be honest, it's a kind of reflection on your own, not your own self, but more on your paranoia in the relationship, I think. Because I, I just think that like when you start to see that, like when that kind of like, thought process creeps into your head that doesn't I think unless the person's being like an absolute dickhead 
it doesn't creep into your head out of nothing I don't think like I see way more people kind of having those thoughts creep in than like they need to be like I've known loads of girls who are like so jealous and their boyfriend is grand or guys like my fucking ex was the most jealous fucker and I was not going near anyone Mm. because that's the thing it's like I could start to look at your fucking chin and be like, this is a fucking dot in your chin. There's a dot in your chin. Mm. And the more you notice and the more mm. you hone in on it, like, you're going to notice all these little things. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think they did a good manifestation. Like, the second time they got back together, I think they did kind of a good job of showing how, like, it's like someone can cheat and cheating... Like, to be honest, cheating isn't always... It doesn't always have this big emotional connection. It doesn't always mean that they're... I mean, we talked about this before, but cheating... The difference between cheating and affairs, right? Mm. People cheat. It happens. It's never going to stop, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Like, people fuck up. People make mistakes. Mm. However, it does kind of raise that question of, like... But can you kind of get back with the cheater? Like, how... When can you get over that and... How do you stop it then? How do you just like wake up morning and be like, I'm just not going to be jealous anymore. Found him looking out someone else. Yeah, I'm over it. You know what I mean? So that's I know I people who have though. Totally. I think some people do. I mean, uh, to be honest, it's that much of a taboo that it's that so far removed from their relationship now. It's not even a question that I feel like I could ask them. Yeah. Oh, you know that yeah, kind of way? bringing up the demon. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Way. Like I've seen people move on so far from it. That I'm like, I would be a freak fight. Like, not that I'd be a freak, but like, I feel like I would really be disrespecting their relationship yeah. if I brought up that bad thing. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you're not gonna. I'd love to ask, you know, for yeah. my fucking podcast. Yeah, but like, you're not gonna be like a purposeful asshole. You know, so you're not gonna ask someone like. Oh, but I think the question, yeah, <laughs> I think the question actually does though defeat the point mm. because I think they are literally avoiding that question and just seeing it as a human slip up. And deciding to completely forget about it. I honestly think, maybe controversial point, I think that's the best way to get over it. I think in order to forgive, like if you have decided like, my boyfriend or girlfriend has cheated on me and I want to stay with them. We've talked about this before. If you want to do that, you have to just fucking forgive them. Now, you don't have to forgive them in the first place. You don't have to. You can break up with them. But if your choice is to get back with them... You can't be dragging it. You have to go, okay, I forgive you, and that's it. I think people being like, a lot of, I mean, I've talked about this movie before, Closer, where they're like, a lot of people I do think where they're like, what did you do? Did you do this? Did you do that? I think that is a can of worms, where if you're going to forgive someone, like, literally, Jenny and I had an argument last week, and we decided, we could easily go in and go you know you can easily yeah. it's the same with any argument you can easily just like be like well you did this and you did that and I felt this and I felt yeah. that or you can just be like we both want to move on let's do that yeah because even with the whole cheating thing it's like you know the guy or the girl or the cheater right the cheater can be like well you know you drove me to it because you never have sex with me and then the other person go well, I don't have sex with you because you make me feel insecure you know what I mean it's like yeah and it's the same with the friend breakup, a friend uh, kind of fight. Argument, whatever. Someone go, well, you did this. And then you go, well, you did this. And you did this. And like, all of a sudden you're making a deal out of shit that you didn't fucking care about. You know what I mean? And it's also like, I always find, like, say if some, say if you've done wrong and you know you're in the wrong, 
you won't just people don't just take that on people will never just be like yeah I'm actually ready to get given out to for about <laughs> yeah. an hour yeah. people will always be like yeah well you actually made me feel yeah. like that and I reacted like that because you made me feel like that because you pushed so, someone into another the emotional state they were in in the situation and people's natural fucking reaction is to, to be defensive yeah defend themselves so an argument is always going to be like and it's yeah. just like who's arsed yeah no one's arsed so Richard though like oh shit sorry I nudged the table Mm. Richard was like an interesting character not himself but I think the storyline brought out a very interesting part of Samantha I think we don't know I think I think we don't know Richard in a Dublin boy right now because I think they really wanted to paint the picture of two older people getting together I think it was kind of yeah they were established they had been because they were both meant to be like you know sleeping the fuck around yeah they were supposed to be like the kind of eternal singletons exactly and that they yeah yeah just fucking living their life and and then they finally met each other and it was kind of like the world was being like oh well were we meant to be together but then it was kind of like they are too single yeah. to actually be able to... And I, I think they also made him the way he was. As in, I think they made him kind of like weirdly... When I look back in the Richard and Samantha relationship, I'm like, oh my God, it was amazing. It was such a good storyline. And it was a good storyline. But I think it more was a good storyline because of what it brought out in Samantha. Mm. Because it really softened Samantha. Like, you know that scene where they're like dancing by the pool? Oh. And, and they... Oh, what's yeah. that Man. It's, I know it's the isn't it the yeah, 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 yeah. what is it again no it's like oh, yeah I know it's we, something we like that yeah. One, yeah but and he's like take off your robe and she's like no because she comes out and, and she like, takes off the robe this. and then like she doesn't want to be wooed basically and he like I know that song. It's freaking. I know. It's the one that fucking Beyonce and Jay Z have as well. Yeah, we both know. Yeah, we can sing it. We're not. Yeah. 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 We're singing. Yeah. It's like that. I know. I'm. I have about five songs in my head. I'm like, it's that one. You know that one. I was actually listening to her today. Anyway. Oh my god. That it was a good for Samantha's character it was very uh, real it was realistic because you could kind of actually follow her falling in love with him can I just say I actually read an interview with because obviously they had written the script for the third movie of Sex and City and Samantha Kim Cattrall was the one who pulled out and she was just like guys it's done Mm. we're done she was like I'm you know, filming another series, I can't, like, it's done. It's yeah. fucking done. No, it was done after movie. Actually, to be honest, it was done after the series, it was. honey. If they, like, it was done after the series. That other podcast, when I listened to it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, fair play to them, like, you know, fucking, yeah. we'll support other people doing podcasts. But they did say that the first introduction they had with Sex and City was the movies, which made me be like, ooh, wow. Now, they were also young as fuck. They were like, I think I was two when it came out. I was like, holy shit, I'm old. I, What's that? That's in Sex and the City. I'm old. Fuck, I'm old. And she's like, oh 26. my God. Yeah. Listen, Luna knows the movies are fucking <laughs> shit. Okay. The, like, the meat, the absolute soul of Sex and the City is in the series. Oh. The soul... Yeah. Did not move on to the movies. No. They're fun. They're well, tri- you, you know, it, like a series has twenty hours of footage. A movie has two. It wasn't like- just that though. It was. It was. Yeah, I get that. But the movie, I don't. Know. I, I am let's, anyway. Let's move on but to um, yeah. So they were talking about this year making a third movie, and like 
Yeah. Harry was down, Miranda and Charlotte, and they all blasted fucking Kim Cattrall because she was like, no, they were like, we're thoroughly saddened and disappointed. And Kim Cattrall, um, they did write, they asked her in an interview, they were like, if you had a guy... Like, as Samantha, what would have been the guy who maybe Samantha could have settled down? And she was like, I would have loved to have seen a story develop of Samantha where she met a guy as strong as her. And that kind of made sense for the Richard thing because she was like, when Samantha met Richard, she was ready to be loyal. She was ready to be... And Richard wasn't strong enough to be ready to be loyal. And she thought he was because I think she was ready to kind of lean on him. You know, like... And it's the same thing, like, in relationships, I think sometimes you trust your own goodness Mm. and just mirror it onto the person that you're liking at the moment. I think she was like, I am a sex, like, you know, she knew who she was and she met Richard and she knew that they were like, so she kind of mirrored her own feelings on him. And she projected it kind of, yeah. Very interesting. So I think it's kind of a thing in, I don't know if he's a Dublin guy. No, he's a not. New York guy. He's just a he's just an enigma. So we're gonna talk about Carrie's three big dudes, three big dudes. So, but when we talk about that, do you want to talk about a Steve? Uh, do you want to talk about a Miranda and a Charlotte quickly? Yes. Okay. And then we'll move on to okay. Carrie. Okay. So first, let's talk about let's do Charlotte and her kind of. Um, so the movement on we were talking about earlier. So Charlotte obviously met this guy. Charlotte's whole fucking deal is talking about like she from episode one. It was about mm-hmm. getting married, find a dude. Nothing and wrong not only a dude, a she wanted to find a thoroughbred. Yeah. She wanted. Well, she wanted a very specific type of husband. She wanted someone who was like she is meant to be like waspy, like Upper East Side, you know. From a good family, that is a genuine type of person, and they exist. Okay, and mm-hmm. they want they want a similar. doctor. They want someone who owns a home. They, yeah. they want everything compact, and they off they go in their because marriage. They're from that too. You know, it's like you know, fucking whatever. You do what you want to do. Okay, it's, yeah. Um, so she wanted this like type of guy, and like she would only date doctors, no only date lawyers, and she found she fucking trips onto the street and in true Charlotte fashion runs yeah. into one of my favourite actors of all time Kyle MacLachlan I adore him he's, he's in, fabulous he's in like well my favourite movie director is David Lynch and he's in pretty much all of his movies he's in all, every episode of Twin mm. Peaks he's fabulous he's a stunning stunning man I, I will always hark back to that scene of him playing tennis and bunnies oh stop now he's <sighs> he's otherworldly stunning he's just he's um, so sharp yeah and he's just he's such a um, David Lynch always casts people like he's a big Laura Dern fan and he always casts people who are like very attractive but very unusual looking. yeah and, yeah he's very and unusual and he is that like when you look at him he looks like a fucking Ken doll but then yeah. when you look closer you're like you're kind of fucking funny looking like yeah you kind of look a bit yeah weird. he's like you first look at him and you're like you're incredibly handsome yeah. but then you're like but you're also really angular yeah, and like he could be in a Givenchy ad campaign oh honest, yeah like, so if much. he was 21 he like, probably was so he um, plays Trey and he's perfectly cast I mean they couldn't have got someone better no and he plays a very similar character in Desperate Housewives as well it's hilarious mm, yeah he does like that kind of like the perfect husband. husband yeah and who can't do enough basically yeah and but isn't enough we should probably get back into that Desperate Housewives that's actually a great idea that is a good season Me yeah 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ah. Yeah, I fancy Sammy Guys and that was great show. I fancy Terry Hatchers. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was my guy. I love them all, to be honest. Anyway. Anyway, Sammy. Um... So she falls in with him and, you know, they, they basically make this decision to not have sex where they're married and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They end up having a very terrible sex life and it, it, it and then when they end up having a good sex life, it turns out Charlotte can't get pregnant and it puts a huge amount of stress. So basically her, her marriage falls apart, okay? and Which is interesting because Charlotte, like, obviously the show is called Sex and City and so many of the conversations that the four women have are about sex. And Charlotte always kind of rejected those conversations. She was like, no, this is too much. interestingly, which I read, Charlotte is the most promiscuous and sexually supportive of all the characters. Yeah, yeah, she's the most sexual. She's the one who does anal. She's She tries everything. Like, more than Samantha, more than anything. Like, they actually show her trying more stuff. So... Charlotte, her mm, that's whole, mad. It's mad. So Charlotte's whole fucking everything breaks. The that's so weird. They never showed Samantha having anal. Actually. No. Yeah, she talks about it loads, but she's never like. And now we're having anal. Yeah. The craziest thing they showed Samantha doing, I think, was having sex in that sex wing. Remember when the guys yeah, 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 yeah. But that was just fucking slapstick again. You know, yeah, again, it was stupid. Like that doesn't happen like the really. You know, yeah. He's like, you want to get tits, and she's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Charlotte uh, then meets the angel of life who is her divorce lawyer yeah so yeah so yeah so it was kind of like the whole thing of like charlotte wanting to get this perfect man she gets him and it's not perfect and then she gets divorced my favorite sorry to cut across you but i just realized i think they they ended that relationship so well remember they ended while they're having their photo shoot oh stop so they they basically charlotte makes sure she gets the gaff she gets this fucking insane apartment but they break up really abruptly, basically, and she had booked, like, I don't know, it's like Home and fucking Interior magazine, like, big one in New York, to come in and do, like, a spread of their gaff. James Cavanagh mm. did one recently. Yeah, from VIP. From VIP. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I've got a gorge gaff, here's my gaff. And so then she realized, Me in my kitchen, me in my living room. like, bollocks, I've got this booked, and... 
you know, the whole thing is like the husband and the wife. Mm. And then Trey comes over and does the photo I know. I know. Fresh. And he's like, I knew what would mean a lot to you. That killed me. Because as much as Trey was a terrible husband, he broke my heart. He was but, so- how was he? Well... I mean, they didn't have, they couldn't have sex. Not terrible. No, but they did have sex. And then they did have a good sex life. And then Charlotte was obsessed with having a baby. They couldn't have a baby. He went through the IVF with her. Brought the cardboard baby. Yeah, it didn't work. They weren't having a baby. And he was like, we can't have a baby. Can we not just be married? And she was was like, like, no, I'm having a baby. And that's not a good wife. He was actually the perfect husband. I think what it is, is like, I mean, I understand where she's coming from. I get, like, he wasn't perfect when... There are people like that who, like, genuinely, they want to have a baby and that is a deal breaker for them. And that's not a bad thing. Like, if you, if really, not saying that, like, I'll have a baby, it doesn't matter if I'm married to the dude. But, like, there are people out there that are like, you know, I want to get married and have children. Mm. Like, having kids is a big thing. So, if in your mind you're like, I want kids, and then someone's like, well, we can't... I get that, but I think at the end of it... Trey actually became the person that Charlotte thought she was. Yeah, because Trey was kind of like, if we can't have children, we have each other. We're in love, which was which was like for the whole series. Charlotte was like, I'm looking for love. She yeah. had love, and she was like, actually, no, I don't. And she had someone who really adored her. Yeah, like, Trey really did. He really was like completely obsessed with her yeah but I think it was a good it was a good storyline in the sense that it showed that like what you make up in your head Mm. you might just fixate on a certain image of a life or a relationship and like when you get it grass is greener kind of shit might not be that fucking good like yeah you know, like, she had the apartment, she had the waspy life, like, she had the big fucking wedding, like, they waited, and I love when she was like, me and Trey are waiting until we're married, and Charlotte's like, sweetie, you're not a virgin. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> so you can't sweetie. wait when you've already had sex, yeah. like, what's the point? Yeah, but it was totally that, it was totally like, she and I think a lot of single girls see. think like that, they're like, you know, you see other people in relationships, and you just imagine yourself in that, you're like... I could be like, and I wish I was like cozy watching shit or whatever you're thinking in your head. And I think a lot. And then you have it, and you're like, I wish I, because I remember when I was in a relationship before, I was thinking in my head, I wish I was fucking alone, yeah, watching my shit, yeah, going to bed alone, not having to fucking shag you. You know the way? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like it's total grass is greener. I think think that's kind of what they were thinking with the tray thing. And I think it was an interesting thing that they brought into the fact. That then when she got with Harry, they also couldn't have kids. So I think it was like, for me, it was kind of a way of showing that Charlotte was almost running away from her problems with Trey. Because obviously, okay, so if you don't watch the show, uh, first of all. If you don't watch the show, well done, listen to an hour. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't listened to. I'm presuming that everyone's watching <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, show. let's just presume that. Okay, so obviously, Harry was um, her divorce lawyer. And. Oh! Those scenes are gorgeous to watch because they're so like, what's the word? Kind of like sexual, like the sexual tension between Harry they have and crazy, Charlotte. Like electricity, like their yeah. their vibe is mm. like they really big. And it tension. totally differed from like whereas Charlotte and Trey looked beautiful together, but mm-hmm. there wasn't that like electric kind of like. And they did. The, they kind of did all the steps. Where Charlotte originally would have been someone who 
would say like, oh, well, the sexual tension is like, just like, you know, she'd date him for a while and then move on. Mm. She'd be like, that's not my husband, it's not my husband. You know, mm. that way. Uh, so she would always kind of reject sexual pleasure in the hopes because she kind of differentiated, I think, sexual pleasure to like, you know, a husband material. I think she almost manifested it. She almost thought that like, you know, that like, uh, like one to Yeah, that's thing sex. Can't be my husband. That's just sex. Yeah. yeah. But then she almost got someone who's like that. And then she was like, oh, I want the sex, you know? And I also get on with him. Like I adore Harry. Harry's a great character. And like, he was great that they introduced someone who really grounded Charlotte because I think they, before Harry, to be honest, they always put Charlotte with like, boring like Charlotte remember me and you Lindsay we always talk about Sex and City where they're always like is he cute and they're like he's gorgeous and he's like, <laughs> he's like yeah. a mayor like, he's like hello they're like oh my god he's stunning <laughs> yeah. he's literally the most random looking pecker yeah they were always Charlotte's guys especially Charlotte's guys were always grand oh, look like, like they were grand grand fellas but like they Charlotte's was... like I'm going out with this gorgeous yeah, guy yeah, oh, I mean, Miranda's were worse. <laughs> except for the guy who the still. Donut. Oh, he was. I actually can barely watch that I episode. I can't watch that episode. I can barely watch that episode. I watched it the other day, randomly threw it on while I was eating lunch, and I was like, oh, oh. fucking hell, I can't. <laughs> the Weight Watchers. One of my worst. Okay, they're away. I think in the Hamptons, Charlotte gets crabs <laughs> oh, and yeah. Carrie goes out with the doctor and he's, he's horrendous oh, looking. Be, oh, I can't remember. Yeah, it's when yeah. she then meets, she pukes, uh, she's like, I saw a big Yeah. <laughs> 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 Do you know what? It's gas. And no one vomits like that. Like, no. You know? Anyway, back on yeah. the subject. So we're talking about Harry. Harry... Like, I mean, I, I think all of these dudes we talked so far, we really are going to get into the Dublin kind of comparisons when we really get into Carrie's because I think yeah. they're the most well-developed male characters. Yeah. But Harry just was like, he was a great vessel to kind of show... Harry, I think you kind of could compare to a Dublin guy because it's kind of like... Kevin, from Kevin and Rebecca. That's who I he mean, reminds me of. He's just a good guy. He's just a fucking solid. He's there for his woman. Yeah, but Kevin is a really good guy, but he's like, like that, uh, different to Kevin is like, <laughs> that they would, okay, the start of Harry. Yeah. And I actually rewatched those episodes recently where she's kind of first gone out with Harry and she doesn't want to have Harry around her friends. Yeah. And she brings him to the Hamptons for a wedding and she's like, oh, you yeah. can't come you have to wax your back oh, yeah. and then he waxes his back and he gets a reaction oh, to the wax and his whole back worse. is red yeah so he's basically in bits and she's scarlet for her <laughs> life and it's kind of like I can totally connect to that with girls in Dublin yeah I can almost more connect to that with girls in Dublin than, than him me. being a, a typical guy in Dublin yeah totally I can think like I think a lot of the time everyone not even girls like people want to be with someone who's like socially acceptable being like yeah I'm kind of seeing a DJ yeah Yeah, I'm kind of seeing this uh, fucking event planner you know like everyone likes to be like that but that's all well and good until you connect to someone who's I don't know I think sometimes you can connect to someone who you know that your friends will be like oh yeah he's bald and and you're like I actually can't be arsed 
talking about the fact that my boy, like that the guy I'm into is bald. Yeah. Like, you know the way, like, how do I, you... I think that what a good thing that they did in that episode, like, or just that whole thing is that, like, it broke down Charlotte's, like, shallowness. Like, mm. Charlotte was shallow. Like, she was, like, she had things on her list for her husband that had nothing to do with personality. Like, she was like, oh, she might want to say, oh, I want someone kind. But it was, like, rich, handsome, good family above all mm. those things. Mm. And, like, obviously, Trey was very kind. There was no... Like, but that didn't matter to her. Exactly. Until she met someone where I think all she could see was the kindness. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like... And the way he saw her and actually what was so interesting about their relationship was when she kind of got so obsessed with him asking her to marry her and she became a Jew and she did all that. Mm. And then they were, she had the whole Jewish night. Remember when she like made the food and everything. And then he was watching the show and she was like, Yeah, "Yeah, set the date, set Set the date. date, And she was like, do you not know what people think when they see us? And he was like, oh, I know. I didn't know you. What do they think, Charlotte? Oh, yeah. He was like, I know. I didn't think think you knew. Yeah. And it was just the kind of like, it's like, obviously, she had fallen in love with him for being kind and he had fallen in love with her, actually, for being kind. But then she showed such an unkind way better for saying that. And it's that kind of thing where it's like, what comes, like, what is worth more? Is it worth more to get with a guy who's kind of like socially acceptable, who's Mm. cool? This is what I think in Dublin, in like, like we're talking about comparing it to Dublin. Like, is it more socially acceptable to get with someone who's kind of on the scene, cool, maybe a bit of a dick? Or is it actually worth having a guy who isn't that hot, who actually really likes you and is kind? You know, like, because I am like that when I'm single. Like, I will be falling over the guys who are not giving me a WB. But they're cool, they know this person, they're busy, they're fucking, they actually, yeah kind of raw and a producing company like that shite but then the genuine really nice guy who I actually connect with who is like here I am I'm like yeah whatever you know the way it's that kind of like are we but I think what it is is like to play devil's advocate right I think that no matter what people say and obviously there's going to be different variances people like different shit I think there always is a fun aspect of the chase and people a lot of the time have to kind of like for me I when I was single I liked that now there's the chase but you still can have that totally totally but what I mean is when you were talking about like the guy who's always there to me I don't okay I don't I don't mean like that I actually don't mean like that I said it wrong I don't mean I don't I don't mean like this readily available I use it like because obviously you're right that's not attractive yeah I mean like do we go for people I think in like when it comes to Charlotte versus like Trey and Harry Mm. Trey She's going for everyone. She knows everyone is looking at her and Trey and thinking yeah. they're a great couple. But her and Harry, she was worried what people would think. So do we sometimes go for the people who we are thinking this would actually look good? Because yes. like, I know she likes him. I know he's so like, cool on the street. You know like, the way? Is it more of a like relationship for public appearance? Yeah. Are we seeking basically 
are we prioritizing how we look as a couple and couple goals and all that yeah. bollocks or are we prioritizing somebody who makes us feel yeah, good yeah that's what I'm saying yeah, that's what I'm saying totally. like I have girls coming over for tattoos and they're like oh my god I actually got with this guy and it's like kind of a big guy in the scene and in Dublin the scene is pretty small so we all know the same guy yeah. we all know seven. who's cool yeah there's seven cool guys and most of them are 50 the, yeah and they're, but they're all like they know they're fucking cool they know what they can get and it's kind of like a weird com- competitive thing of girls being like I want to pin him down well yeah because there's way more hot girls in Dublin than there are hot dudes let's yeah. just put it out there we said it before yeah so, so yeah no I think that is really interesting because I think they actually they portrayed that quite well should we talk about Steve? I don't know if we do. I Steve, think Steve's yeah. kind of boring. I mean, Steve's a great character. We like him. I don't think there's much. I think we should move on. See, to I think Steve's. okay. The reason that I don't want to talk about Steve, and this is why I'm saying, is because I think Harry is a bigger character than Charlotte. Steve doesn't even touch off Miranda. He just serves Miranda. Yeah, yeah. But like Steve is a great character and all that kind Steve of stuff. Steve was actually, to be honest. I think the ultimate vessel for a character if we want to talk about vessels mm. because I think they purely great character I really liked Steve as a character cutie adorable I really love his scenes he's an angel oh I know he's so cute I love him but yeah. he is that kind of he just softened Miranda he also put Miranda through a lot of things that her character needed to go through like having a baby and living I love I do love we want to just talk about that relationship for a second I yeah let's just smoking. go back and talk about it we'll just quickly because we've been on yeah. for a while we want to get into the big I, okay picture. I want to talk about Steve and say that what I adored about Steve and what I would really like if you're going to connect it to a Dublin relationship, what I think people should really value in relationships. If you're going to start off, and this is whether you're having a fling, whether you're fucking a guy, whether you're in a relationship. The way Steve was with Miranda, he accepted her and totally accepted her as she was. But he was also kind of like gently talking about stuff that like, you know, she could maybe change as in like, maybe sleep in today. Like you don't have to come down, you know, you don't have to like go out to work on a Saturday. You don't, you know, you can yeah. sleep in. But he really just kind of he like. quite realistic in that way. Yeah. Because if that would happen to Carrie, it'd be like, let's stay in bed all day, baby. And she'd be like, okay. And yeah. there'd be no question. she'd be like, 10 days later, yeah. we were still eating yeah. takeaway in bed. Eating <laughs> Chinese food. Yeah. Me shoe but with Miranda it was, like, <laughs> My it was way more human always it was like her rolling out of bed looking fucking mental with her hair sticking with her up. silk green and he'd be, like, mm. be so horny for yeah. mornings and, and he'd be like I have to go and he'd be like come on but in various of the folks come on it was like, yeah and he was like come on sit down yeah he'd get home at four she'd get up at seven yeah brilliant but he kind of also laughed at her and I find that a real Dublin thing I find felt like a great thing about Dublin lads is that they slag you. Yeah. It's always my favourite thing about Dublin lads. Yeah. They slag you and I think Steve did that to Miranda a bit. He was, she was like, I have to get up, I have to do this and this and this. Like, and he was oh, like, yeah, he was like, no, yeah, he was like, oh, you do Like he kind of brought her back down to earth and yeah. that's like, he humanized her a lot. but not in an OTT way because you can't have the Dublin guy who goes too far with the slagging. They and go too far. They're like, oh, yeah. You yeah, the fucking state of you. 12 now, are you? Yeah, and you're like, Haha, that's not even funny, you bell end. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, to wrap up, Steve, my, one of my favourite scenes with Miranda and Steve, which I think is just... An, you tell your favourite scene, I'll tell mine, I then we'll wrap them up. I genuinely shed a tear. 
I do shed a tear at this scene. Maybe it's the same scene. It probably is. So they buy the dog. Oh, different scene. Okay, go on. And it's so... It's actually perfect, the whole lead-up. So they're having problems, they're fighting, they're bickering. It's that kind of... They're not having blowouts, they're just fucking at each other. And then Steve rings her, like, as usually, he's like, come on, come down to this fucking pet shop. And she's like, Steve, but she feels like she's being his ma really mm. lately. And she's like, okay, for once, I'm going to be the fucking sandwich, and I'll go to where he wants me to go. She turns up to the uh, pet store, and there's these puppies. And he's like, come on, let's get a puppy. And she's like, Steve, because earlier on, he was like, let's have a baby. Yeah, and she's yeah. just like, that's not realistic. And he's like, come ask the puppy. And it was literally, she had that cavey moment of like, I can either be his ma again, mm. or I can just fucking get, get a in fucking it. puppy. She's like, fine, let's get the puppy. They get the puppy. She's up all night with the puppy for the next couple of nights. The puppy's constantly dying, uh, cr- dying crying. <laughs> yeah. And then she, 4am one night, the puppy's, <laughs> and she just stands up and she's like, Steve is fast asleep beside her. Conked and she's like, Steve, Steve, and he's like, What? And she's like, Your <laughs> fucking puppy is crying again. And he's like, Come here, give it to me. And she, he's like, What are you so annoyed about? And she's just like, I'm up at six. I'm up all night with your fucking puppy that you basically guilted me into getting. And she's and you're off. sleeping through. And you're conked, conked. You don't have to get up tomorrow. And I'm up with the fucking puppy. And she's like, And you thought a fucking baby would fix this? And he's like, Whoa, what? And then, like, she just stands up and she's like, I just think that it's the most honest breakup scene in Sex and the City mm. for me. Where she just stands up and she's like, Steve, I can't anymore. I'm sorry. Like, it's over. And he's just like, What? Come on. Oh, my favorite line We've got good stuff. Oh, here. I hate oh. that line. I hate that line. It's so It's emotional. so sad. There's good stuff. So here. And he's holding the puppy yeah. so cutely. And she's like, and, and she's she, like, not enough. Yes. Yeah. And then he sleeps on the couch for three weeks. I and know. And he goes on the date. And oh, she realizes it's over. But I, My favorite scene for Steve is when, at the start, when he was really trying with Miranda. He was really, and it was the kind of the case where I think Miranda had a lot of guys that like kind of were fucking around, whatever. And she got this. He was only a bartender, and she, she was, was kind of like a uh, very high profile dude. She was lawyers. And yeah, that, yeah. She was very used to being with me. like yeah. No, she was. I think she was. She was always getting with guys who she would meet at this um event and like yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. she randomly met Steve at a bar when she was having Sold a bad night. Fella. Yeah, and he was kind of like you know he obviously was not in any way wealthy or intelligent, like in the fact that he got yes. into college. And um, so they had hooked up a couple of times and he was like, we have something here. And she was kind of like, no, this is a one night stand. This is like just sex. And then Carrie actually wanted to show off big to the gals and oh God, they'd gone to, to the drinks and they're like, where's big? And like, like Steve comes around, he's like ring really nice. He was being basically what Carrie wanted Big to be. He was giving the girl, he buying was buying the girls drinks. drinks. Cause he was, remember he was like, my buddy's the bartender. And he was like yeah. getting them like all Getting things. them drinks. He was like talking to them really nicely. He was actually and the stuff. fucking perfect boyfriend on a guy's yeah. night out. Only. I know, and, thank uh, you. My boyfriend doesn't act like that. I know. Him getting all the gals drinks. No. Yeah. And they like, can I please? Yeah, I know. like, yeah, when are we going? <laughs> but like, and Miranda was not noticing that. And then, and obviously Carrie was 
dying for Big to make an appearance. Yeah. And then Miranda was like, yeah. And Miranda fobbed Steve off. She was like, before Big came, she was like, Steve, like, we're a one night stand. This is not what you have to be doing. And he kind of skulked off. And then they all thought Big wasn't coming. And then he actually did come. And then that's when kind of Miranda was like, oh shit, maybe love does exist. Yeah. Well, and then she ran out to Steve in the oh, rain and she was like, let's try it. And it's pelting. Yeah, and he was skulking off. Because he was also, and also I do love this, she's taller than him in the scene. Yeah. She's like four inches taller yeah. than him. Yeah. Which is very unusual. Okay, so we got to get on to Carrie's. I'm going to grab another can. Yeah, thank God. We need another can. So, pee, can break, and we're going to go into the big ones. Yeah. If you didn't, yeah. they're right now and a half, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the big ones are Did next Did you days. miss us yet? BRB. <laughs> Woo! Okay, we're back, and we're coming in hard with some Carrie B realness. So, let's jump the fuck right into it. I want to start. Sorry, I'm trying to move my Should chair. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I want to start with Aiden. Okay, stunning. Because I think Aiden... A lot of people, a lot of girls are like, she should have ended up with Aiden. I don't think that because I see the show as a true fan. And for me, the show wouldn't have ended good. Like, obviously, realistically, she should have. But that's what we're kind of getting to the nugget of in this episode. Yeah, that the show is not a realistic... Exactly. Portrayal of what would really happen. The show, the whole point of the show, and you can see it in the fashion alone, is just... Patricia Field said it herself. It's like, in a, the sh- point of the show is escapism. Yeah. If you saw, like, Second City, you're like, oh, that never happens with dates. They never text you back. They never do this. That's not fun to fucking watch no. a single girl sat alone. We've all seen girls. Yeah, waiting for a text, waiting for this. That's not enjoyable. The point of the whole series of Sex and City is escapism, is to see them out dating, fashion, yeah. money, like, cocktails, dinner, been, friends. Would it have been entertaining to have Carrie living in a fucking shitty apartment in the Lower East Side wearing Walmart? No. Yeah. It's oh, Carrie. That she has a shitty column. She lives in the Upper East Side and has a fucking wardrobe full of Dolce & Gabbana. Yeah. That's and like, fun. what do you want? And in 2017, the equivalent of, like, if you wanted the reality... Do you want someone sitting in their freaking bed sit, flicking through Bumble, not getting matches, <laughs> yeah. getting a match, not getting a date and sitting in <laughs> or getting like that's not it's a fucking show. Yeah. I mean, it's I, yeah, I mean, we don't have to fight its corner, but I get what the fuck you mean, because it annoys me when people, especially with the big and Aiden thing. They're like, she's just and it, and it is a big thing. Are you big? Are you Aiden? For me, I'm big all the way. I understand all the flaws. However, see, I you used to be a big. Aiden see, girl. I. I'm a big girl because I fancy the whole of it. (laughs) He's gorgeous. But I'm... See, I'm actually... I think deep down I'm an Aiden girl because the start of the big relationship, it just... It just doesn't make sense. Logically, and that's what wrecks my head. So that's what I want to talk about. But we're talking about... I think we should talk about big first because he was... The the start he was in the first fucking episode of oh, Sex City. True. I just was thinking that maybe we get to Big last, but after. I don't think you can talk about Aiden without talking talk about, about Big Aiden. so much. Okay, so we're gonna have to do a bit of a skip. Yeah, we a jump. Re- re- rewind. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Big first. Okay, so you say that the start of their relationship is completely unrealistic. What do you mean by that? Okay, so 
I remember seeing an interview with Sarah Jessica Parker and she was talking about the first ever episode and because she hadn't done television in a long time or whatever and she was sceptical about joining Sex and the City and they were trying to get her to join it and she did the pilot which in the first ever episode I can't remember I think she she bumps into Big on the street and she tips yeah her bags fall out or her condoms fall out of the bag and then he gives her a lift home at some point he well no what happens is I remember it actually really weirdly I remember she was right. She has a one night stand with this guy who she has basically has. A, it's the whole episode is about can women fuck like men, mm-hmm. and she has a guy who that she has had like a regular fuck buddy basically. Mm-hmm. She turns into his house, she fucks him, whatever. She comes into big on like uh, a big avenue in New York, and her condoms fall all over the place. And she's like, oh, so yeah, awkward. out of her Fendi bag. Yeah, and they just have a kind of weird moment. She doesn't think anything of it and walks off. But then it's when she's out with the yells. And she's trying to hail a taxi and she can't get a taxi and his limo pulls up. His chauffeured like, car. Is, which is a meme within the series because it just yes, it constantly yes, happens yes. and he rolls in there and he goes, hey kid. And, and that's the first time he kind of goes, hey kid. And that is actually, that scene is what kept Sarah Jessica Parker she was like, okay. Really? Yeah. Like, that's a good Because scene. he drops her up to her house and they had a, in the car they had a conversation about love and she was like, yeah. have you ever been in love? And then she gets out of the car and he rolls down the window and she says, have you ever yeah. been? And he goes, yeah, absolutely. fucking Remember the and, cat? Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did he do with my cat? But he says that and then they freeze frame on Carrie and she has this wild blonde hair and she, they freeze frame and I remember hearing Sarah Jessica Parker talk about that scene. She was like, that is when I knew that Big and Carrie together had a million stories to tell. Mm. And I had to tell them these. There was just something with. And like Chris Noth and Sarah Jessica have this amazing relationship. Yeah, they're like besties. It's they're stunning. Like, they have a real connection. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite. I think it was a real actor. Act, yeah. Like it was a real. Like, they, well, they went through a lot together. I mean, you can't act all that out without no but I think they just the reason like I think they were the kind of glue of the whole series yeah that they just had this like this watchable relationship but okay so they started dating in Mm. Sex and City and like she was obsessed with him from the start she was like okay I want to go like she had been noticing him around and then they kind of had agreed to go on a date and she okay Big is the sesh guy. I'm going to crack a can. <laughs> crack it the fuck. I'm going to crack it Ready with mine. Mine. Hey. Okay. So I was thinking about this earlier. Big is the guy who, because at the start of them kind of um, courting, let's mm-hmm. say it like as if we're in 1920. So they had met up, they kept on bumping into each other in the street and then they were like, let's go for dinner. So she bumped, she went for dinner with Big and he was like, my friend is here. He's yeah. just broken up with his wife. And she was like, we're on a date. She was like, what? And it's that kind of thing. Has that happened to you? When a guy has been like, yeah, cool, let's hang out. And you're like, okay. Yeah, and you exactly. go and he's like, yeah, it's He's actually, there with all of his friends. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> and you're like, you clearly are. See, thinking. I don't know. I think big, when I think about big and a Dublin guy, I kind of think of, the ever unattainable dude. Like, the kind of like, like I would have gotten with a lot of guys who are kind of like, 
I don't want to say the word playboy because that doesn't really get across the patheticness of it, but like kind of guys who are just like always dating and really good with women. Like sesh guys to me aren't good with women, okay? Mm. But big is a he's fucking smooth. Like he knows how to play women. He knows he's how, a charmer. He's charming. He's like you can be fucking so angry and he can turn up to your door and you're like, mm. sesh guys to me are like similar. I get where you're coming from, but I think they're a little bit more, like, pathetic. He's, like, even though he fucking pisses you off, he's, like, this fucking successful Mm. dude who you're, like, fuck it. And, like, it's almost, like, I've dated dudes in Dublin like that where they're, like, it's kind of, like, on paper they're just so good and they do shit that pisses you off, but then they're so... You're, like, he's so successful. Or, like, they're so charming, and they're good. I honestly think they just have a skill. Like, they know how to play the game. You Because know? they actually, in with Big, I remember a scene where he had been, like, they actually scripted him really well. Mm. They never over-scripted him. Like, Big barely said words. Oh, his lines are unreal. And which kind He's of... He's a great actor, though. Like, he, he delivered he shitty lines really yeah. well. Like, but also, it's kind of the thing of, like, when a girl is so into a guy... She will take, she will ignore everything else other than those three words he says. Yeah. She will, he will be late to meeting her. He will cancel on her four times. They finally meet up and he'll be like, yeah, but I like it. That's yeah. what she's you know, focusing on. You know and I think, I think he delivered is. those lines in that kind of same sustain. I, I think Big is like the middle age representation of just a fuckboy. Like, a classic fuckboy. I know you always talk about fuckboys are guys who are just having about sex. But mm. when I mean fuckboy, I mean, like, guys who Before were... Before the word existed. No, like, when it first came... Because fuckboy, when it first came to existence, meant, like, guys who were kind of, like... It was mostly, like, a look, which was, like, these supreme dudes. Like, guys weren't supreme and, like, fucking... What's that other, like... Uh, North Face or whatever. Yeah, all the, that kind of look. And they were getting loads of girls. And they were good at getting girls, okay? Mm. They're not, like, jocks getting girls. They're kind of, like, indies who are, like, players. Mm. And that's what Big kind of reminds me of. Is this, like, Dublin fuckboy who, like... You know, there's those lads in, in Dublin who are, like... You're, like, he has been with the hottest girls. They've mm. all been fucking obsessed with him. And he just never tied down to one. You know what mm. I mean? Like never, like you're like where well, he's randomly seeing someone for four months, and there's another bitch on his Instagram, and there's another mm. one on his Instagram, and there's another one on yeah. his Instagram, and it's like that's what Big reminds me of. It's like this forever unattainability that every girl tries to kind of tie down. down. Yeah, like everyone's like, I'll have a fucking shot of him, and, he'll mm. and for three weeks, yeah, he does love you, and mm. then all of a sudden, mm. yeah, you're seeing him on Snapchat with mm. the next girl. And you're like, ah, and they drive you kind of wild with that shit because, like, they play mind games, basically. I think it is a case of some men just have such charm that it can actually get them away with murder. Yeah. Some men are just, they, it's a tone of voice, it's the way they touch your shoulder. It, yeah. Like, it's all different things that is the most charming thing in the world that they can treat you... It's just a way or something. And it's they can like, treat you like shit. But yeah. their charm makes up for everything. It's, it's like mad. It's, there's girlfriends out there that you see treating their boyfriend but horribly. I and get then that. Can, and then they can just do something that, like... They can be, like, really cutesy. And then Would you say that's the, like, female equivalent yeah, of charm? I think... It, not of charm, but I think that's how women charm men. Like, I think it's both charm. 
Like, mm. it's the same thing. It's just that men and women, straight men and women, find different things charming. Like, I wouldn't find... See, I find a guy to be cutesy to me. I find women do it in a way where, like, they're kind of 50% cutesy and 50% on the ball that they'll kind of, like, give out to their boyfriends. That's what I think. But I don't of, think that... It's, like, I'm talking more about, like... Like, that, that to me is just, like... Like don't be going, like don't be going out with someone that you're just fucking barking at. No, I just think that that yeah, but charm is also a kind of if you deconstruct charm, it probably would have like manipulation and all these different things within it. That's what I mean. Like I think well, you can be charming without being manipulative, but like the extreme cases, yeah. Like I'm sure you can if you're being shitty and charming to make up for your shitty behavior. Like that's just you know being a dickhead. But what I mean is anyway, doesn't matter about that to be honest but what I mean is just that I think Big is just he's just every I think there's one guy out there for every girl that they've dated that they've thought they've had a perfect great like connection Mm. with that they just fucking couldn't get their claws into because he's just weirdly unavailable Mm. even though you had this deadly time together and you're just kind of left dumbfounded and that to me is Big as a modern day man it's like that guy, you hook up with him, and then you're just like, huh? And then you might bump into him again in the club in a month, and he's like, oh, hey. And he's he acts the exact same to you. He touches your arm in the mm. same way. But then you'll see him with another girl in the club, and you're like, uh. So this is why I'm talking about, like, in regards to Big and Aiden. Like, the guy that, like, the way that we're talking about Big, that, <laughs> that never evolves into... A marriage or into a like, like a guy who's fucking you around consistently. And this is like the whole point of Sex and City as a series was basically that big fucked her around. That was what was so addictive about the series Mm. because everyone has had that before. I think she was really willing in it though. No, she, yeah, but because she adored him and like. Yeah, but she never like took it upon herself to fucking grow up like this is the problem that I have with people who just blame it all on Big yeah Big was a dick but it was a completely codependent toxic relationship as in like you know at some point you have to take a bit of a personal responsibility and if no I'm not saying she shouldn't five times in the hand fucking walk away like I totally feel that honey bun I'm not saying that what I'm saying is that those toxic messy relationships don't iron out into a a marriage yeah yeah into a marriage well, where we've actually I oh my we god just ignore the poxy movie because yeah. like the movies just okay we even without the movies well actually like yeah let's ignore the movies because at the obviously the last episode they were, were going to make them marry each other you know she got with big right at the end the last episode she got with big but it was also what like if i was the writer and i continued on the movies like, the interesting thing about how she got with Big in the end was in such a toxic manner. Like, he flew to Paris. Like, it was so overtraumatic and it was yeah. so, like, you know, unnatural almost. Well, and it like, was annoying because, like, she had finally gotten with someone. We'll get on to Petrovsky in a while. But, like, yeah, I agree. The way I'm he saying, did it like, was very narcissistic because it was selfish. Yeah. It was like, now I'm ready, so I'm going to... And it was also, like... 
hero mode. Yeah. It's like, I will run and I will find you. Yeah, and it was I, selfish. It yeah. was like, now I'm going to intrude in your entire life. And he's screaming to me on the street that we are no longer a thing ever, ever again. Mm. And just because Miranda's like, go get our girl. He's like, okay. Yeah. You know? I mean, you have to always take it with a pinch of salt because it's, you know. It's a movie, yeah. But I'm just saying the fun of Second City is... Reading into it. Yeah, is reading into it and is kind of um, connecting it to your own life totally. because but it's... The thing, yeah. that, the, thing, the thing with the big thing is, is like, I think what it is with people is that they really, really relate to Carrie's dependency on him. And it's not so much saying that Big is a great character. Like, obviously, Big, you know, they they always write him that he manipulates us all. Like, mm. he manipulates all the watchers. That people are like, Big is great. And it's like, yeah, when you write it out, Big probably isn't that great. However, you're like, no, Big is great. I think they, I think what women do, actually, a lot of the time, is if a woman has a consistent man in their lives, whether or not it's a healthy guy. Like, I think what's manipulating the women is the fact that Big is so reoccurring. So they see him as this kind of strong character because he's there all the time, even though he's not there. And I do find that with myself and with other women. I think we actually had a podcast on it before where we spoke about the men that you date that you would know for 12 years that you randomly have hooked up on and off with, not Mm. for 12 years, but like a guy that you would know for a lot of your life that you hook up with and you you kind of really, yeah, you never went out with him, like nothing happens but you kind of connect that to a big thing because women will, would see like they would notice longevity. Like a woman would see that as like longevity and as like well, loyalty. He's always there. He wants me. He's still here. Whereas man sees possibly, you know, not every man, but like some men would see like, well, she wants it. I'm going to come back again. Mm. What's so, I'm aware that we've just been on for a while. So favorite big scene. What would it be? I'm trying to think of mine. I think my favourite big scene would have to be when... Because Carrie is an annoying bitch. And she <laughs> used to come... She used to, she used to tap at Big's door and be having an, a, a baguette or having, you know, stupid stuff like that. But I liked that he had said to her, I may be going away to Paris. And she was like, no! And she made a big fuss. And then... She actually decided, actually, no, I will be okay with this. And she got a beret and she got a Big Mac or something oh, like that. so good. And she went she over like, to... Oui, oui, I have yeah. la French fries la and fish. le Yes, she Yes. So she went to his door and I remember... I love... What I love about Sex and City is now that there's so many interviews with actual writers. So you can really understand yeah. even the whole makeup of the scene, like of the set scene. So they purposely put Big's Island... In between in the them. them yeah. yeah. And they're having this conversation about, he was like, well, you'd be moving to Paris for you, right? And she's like, oh, yeah. why the fuck would I be moving to Paris for me? Yeah. And then he's like, well, I mean, I can't promise anything. And then she grabs the Big Mac and she fucks it. <laughs> like, and then, like, it hits the random TV. What did she say again when she she's, throws it? She throws, she's like, fuck you. And then he's like, Carrie. And then he says something. He's like, Carrie, come on, I love you. And she's like, then why the fuck does it hurt so bad? Why the fuck? Yes. And I she goes, and I just love that. I love, just I love that scene. Yeah. 
I just I, I love that he really failed in that scene. Yeah. He didn't care and he didn't follow her and he like I think Harry wanted so much from that scene and it was, yeah. I just think that's a, it's, it's a great scene. Yeah. One of mine is very similar and it's not like I mean I just came to me there that I just I do love the emotion of it. My one of my it's just such a good scene is when she is all dolled up and she's meeting her gals for her last night in New York before she moves to Paris. And she's like all she's thinking about is her new fucking life in Paris and it's just like this huge moment in her life and Sex and City's ending for everyone else and you're like oh my god Carrie's moving to Paris with Alexander Petrovsky and oh my I'm sure when this was airing because I didn't watch it when it aired uh, this season or whatever I'm sure people were like what the fuck because everyone was just like probably like is she going to like they were like no she's moving to Paris with Petrovsky this is it and then he's outside of her building which is like that iconic scene he's in and mm. she's coming down her steps it's so carry he's in his limo he's leaning against his limo I think yeah and anyway they have this whole brawl and just this, that line where he goes but Carrie, you and me. And she just turns and yeah. goes, you and me. Nothing. <laughs> we do not. She's like, do not call me anymore. Do not. Uh, they like, I do not live here anymore. In fact, yeah. forget you ever knew, knew me. My, <laughs> knew my you name. don't know my name. But it's just so good because it's like, it does just show, as you were saying, that whole thing with Big, that like, he's always there, yeah. Not always in the best times. It's like, he's like this fucking... Like she, he's like. This is the first time I really do think throughout all of Aiden, which we'll go on to next. I really do think that she was always still stuck on big throughout all of it with Aiden. Mm, mm, mm. But with Petrovsky, I, I, I actually thought she was over him. Like well, she, she was actually, willing to move continent yeah, for this. She guy. was kind of like fuck, like this guy. He had kind of a suaveness of big with the commitment of Aiden. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he yeah. had this great balance of the two. And he was so successful, and she. Well. I fancy him. He's a ballerina. He was never an actor before, which is ballerina. mad. But also, what I think the equivalent of that whole scene that you just spoke about in regards to Dublin men, or just, you know, we're saying Dublin men as a lull because we're... Modern dating. Dublin. Yeah, mo- modern dating is that, like... I mean, in this day and age, we have Bumble, we have Tinder, we have texting, we have Facebook, we have all these things. And then when you finally kind of actually get a guy that you are probably going to be seeing for a while and you're like dating and it's a bit serious. Yeah, you have people who are still texting you and who don't respect the fact that you have a relationship. Mm. And Or it's like, to me, it's kind of more like, you know, say you like, I don't know, you're in a relationship for ages and you put up a picture, your selfie, your breakup selfie, right? And then all of a sudden you get the message, hey, how are you? Looking well. And it's like that guy who, like, and I know it's on the silver, but like, it's almost like they just fucking sit around and wait for you to be looking good again. I get that, but I think that Big is more the kind of guy he seemed to really more fall for Carrie when she had a relationship. Yeah. Hence the scene when, remember when he picked her up one day and she was like, I think I might be getting married. And he was like, You're not the marrying kind. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's the kind of, like, it's the old tale of. You never like when there's a drought. Like when you start, it's when you finally, Janet yeah. Jackson song. Yeah. Oh, I know it's been so long. Did you don't know <laughs> what you, you got, Dylan? Is that Janet Jackson? 
It, well, it's jo- it's the Janis Jop or not Janis? Is it uh, Joni Mitchell? But she has it in that song. It's like yeah. Joni Mitchell never lies. But it's the kind of thing where, like, yeah, it's like they almost know when you're kind of settled mm. that they wouldn't ruffle your feathers. They wouldn't be like, hey, yeah, I'm so still here what's happening? And then you, and then you're also in the weird position of being like. Do I write back and be like, I have a boyfriend, stop writing to me. So this is a good transition period into the Mm -hmm. Aiden thing, okay? So obviously, like, Aiden, blah, 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 they go out, they break up. And why do they break up? Because... Which was, again, from um, Darren Starr, who wrote it. Yeah. Like, they started off Second City where the first three, two or three seasons, Carrie was pretty much perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they decided to bring in Aiden, who was actually more perfect than Carrie. Mm-hmm. He was so wholesome. He was a carpenter. He was real, just a home guy. Yeah. And they started and he was going. So into her. Yeah, like, and he was perfect. like, "I'm invested." He was kind of like everything that Carrie had been shiding on about, like wanting. Yeah. And she's like, "Here it is." And then they had her and Big had the affair, and it was so iconic because. They actually wanted to, they premeditated, wanted to turn the viewers against yeah, Harry. Yeah, they were like, she's they, too perfect. Yeah, they was like, it's not, they wanted to turn the viewers against Harry. Yeah, well, exactly, you know? to be like, she makes mistakes, really big mistakes, and it's way more interesting to watch, and, you know. And how did the affair, oh yeah, the affair started when... Um... <laughs> I actually one of my favorite big scenes. I want out. I want out. It's not working. <laughs> They're at a, a furniture fair and Big. Aiden's for my. I'm the booth bitch. I'm the booth bitch. She's so been working at the booth for Aiden's furniture company. Big walks past. Polishing me. shit. Natasha, who's like 22 year old new And wife. she's wearing like a crisp. And she calls his and she calls his dress oppressive. She's like, it's so heavy. It's almost oppressive. <laughs> and then we carry pops up, and she's like, hi. And she's wearing like a, a sheer little tiny top yeah, so they and all, cargo pants they all introduce each other whatever fast forward towards the end of the trade show and Big comes over pissed out of his mind a rolled up paper and she's like and he slams the yeah, whiskey and she down. picks it up and wipes it yeah, she's like, how dare you and then he's like wanna know a secret and she's like no and then he's like he rolls up the paper and goes I want out <laughs> it's not, not working. working like through the roll of thing. <laughs> And one of my actual favourite scenes of the whole of Sex and City is that, um, the flip between him, she's like, no one wants that information. And then they flip to her having breakfast with the girl. She's like, face flipping his wife. Like, yeah. I love that kind of gossip yeah. of like, you're pretending that you don't want it. Yeah. Like, so then how it starts is that Aiden is being an angel and re-sanding all her fucking floors. Yeah. I'll strip your floor. I'll strip your floor. I'll fix that. Like, See them for you, girl. I'll make a real nice. <laughs> yeah. says that he's and so she's ridiculous. like, you don't have to do that. And she can't work so she has to get a hotel room. And then Big calls her, she goes down, there's yeah. a whole lift scene, and they end up fucking, basically. Yeah. And they end up having a long... It's called run. running with scissors, to be yeah. honest. Duh. Well, it's actually, if I'm ever, like, in a real need for Sex and City, I'll go to that. Episode. Yeah, It's just, it's just so... It's peak Sex and the City. Yeah, yeah. Like, I always say my favourite se- genre is Carrie cheating on Aiden with Big. I l- yeah, no, I, I same. So... It's great. Her outfits, everything about it is just like electric. Yeah. So I want to kind of just to fast forward a bit. 
to talk about kind of a pinnacle moment of Aiden's goodness and Carrie's horribleness and Big's selfishness when they're in his wood cabin and Carrie invites Big. She basically says, like, she basically can't say no to the fucker. He's like, I need to talk to you. And she's like, fine, come to the wood cabin. Uh, We'll park inside. Come to our utopia. She hates the wood cabin. She goes into the fucking limo. I hate the house. She goes into the fucking limo and then she's like, no, you should come into the fucking gaff. And basically, Big, who she's cheated on her boyfriend with. And the boyfriend knows. The boyfriend knows this. They've just gotten back together. You wanted the cake. I always wanted the cake. Yeah. I never not wanted Wanted the the cake. cake. (laughs) You bitch. I wanted the cake and I wanted to eat it too and I want to fuck Big and I want to fuck you. Your hiccups go. They always get back. Nothing. Her hiccups are a little bit better, guys. So, yeah. And for me, that just showed... To me, that showed that, like, Carrie and Aiden were never going to work. Because Carrie was just still, no matter what she wants to say, invested in either big or something else, or just not into that relationship. I think, yeah, that showed me that she was willing to... Sorry, piss off her relationship with Aiden in the wind. Yeah. And value her big relationship. Yeah, totally. And it's like, she just didn't give a fuck. And even though she had this guy in front of her who was like, give me a second chance as well. Let's just not forget. And now he's welcoming the man in. And then they have that weird, awkward mud struggle. I love that scene. <laughs> I love that scene. It is so good. But she's so annoying that scene. Because yeah. she's like... You are middle-aged. Yeah, you're middle-aged men. <laughs> it's so gas. They're like, it's just the way it's, the way it starts is so funny. Like, she's like, she's like too big. You need to go out there. Oh, yeah, play, play basketball. Ball. Like, I don't know, two guys and in a ball. Lashing yeah, and he's like, and okay. I'm... He's like, hey, you good with the ball? <laughs> And he like slams the ball. Yeah, on, he tries, and he you know, he slams it, and he has the mud stain yeah. on his white yeah. shirt. Yeah, and he's like, "That was pretty hard, man." He was like, <laughs> "Oh, was it?" And then they just—it's <laughs> so gas. So who? To and me, then the dog grabs big. Oh yeah, arse. he's like, Argh. yeah, <laughs> Pete. So for me, Aiden, as a Dublin guy, I was—we're gonna wrap it up with this because we've been on for a while. Aiden, for me in modern day men is basically the guy that like you're single you're dating you're getting with bigs you're getting with fucking all these fellas left right and center and there's always this dude who's like texting you and he's never been like I'm really into you like he's not desperate but he's always texting he's always liking the pics he's always watching the stories and you're just not arse getting with him. It's like, he's great. Like, he's so nice. He's actually gorge, you know, great job, all the rest. But there's just not that electricity. Like, there's just, like, that thing. But then you have random me and I'm shagging him one night and you're like, oh. I think it's not, I don't even know if it's an electricity thing. Or is it that we're so used to being fobbed? fobbed off kind of thing that we when we're presented with someone who's like I actually like to hang out with you you're like oh I didn't sorry I have the hiccups I can barely talk <laughs> I get the hiccups so bad you really do you're about, uh, 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 but I'm you've made them worse as well I know I'm holding my 
Pray that it won't work. <laughs> when you algebra that makes it worse, I think sometimes. How do you do it? You just have to like ignore it. You, the more because you, you're concentrating on it so much, you yeah. try and force against it. The spirit. Oh god, the spirit. But I I don't know. I get what you mean. But like, Aiden to me was just. He just he's the epitome of the right guy at the wrong time. Basically, like, I think that happens a lot of girls that, like, they, they might look back on, or guys or whatever, they might look back on this kind of, like, relationship and like, fuck, that was great, but, like, you disregard your mental state. Like, as I said, Carrie, for the whole relationship, was obsessed with Big. Like, yeah. she was never going to settle down with Aiden because that was not And she was trying state. to plaster over her relationship with Big with yeah. Aiden. Yeah, and he's perfect. And then, you know, when he got down on one knee and proposed. I said, yes. Like, the fact that she didn't have the reaction, like, that should have said enough to her. You know, that she wasn't like, I want to wear the ring, I want to show everyone. Yeah, she I broke out be. in a damn rash. Yeah, she broke out in a rash with the neck, this ring on her necklace. Like I know. Within a hundred thousand pearls. Yeah. Remember like, that? So, Where's your ring? She's like, I, I'm wearing it around my neck. She had, like, yeah, all the pearls. Yeah, like, fucking clattered with these Chanel pearls. <laughs> gas, bitch. Gas, to be honest. She's like, it, it's here. I, I wear it so it's close to my heart. Yeah, you won't even wear the ring on your damn finger. She was, <laughs> remember that part? Yeah, that was intense. So, like, for me, that's what Aiden was. It's like, that sometimes something can come around, come across to you that's perf. But, like, if you're not in the perf time for it, it might not happen. You know what I mean? Like, you sometimes have to let go of great situations. But I do also think Aiden didn't, he just didn't listen to Carrie. Mm. Like, she was like, okay, like, you're talking about in the shower, the Maui wedding and, like, making a joke. And she's like, yeah. Like, she w- she wasn't hiding her feelings Let's of being like, Maui. and we can, me and you go, go off and we get married. Like, she was being quite open with her feelings. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't know about that. Like, and he was really p- pushing it. Mm. So, I think. So, it's like, almost like there were faults in Aiden that, like, he wasn't. For me with Aiden, it's like, I feel like he wanted someone else, someone that Carrie wasn't. Because I was watching those series, those episodes recently. Mm. Carrie, like, when she started going out with Aiden, started to dress random. And she started to talk like, hello, kid. And she was wearing, like, she had this fucking random haircut. And she was wearing, like, pilgrim shirts. I remember the pilgrim shirts were really in that year. I do remember mm. that. I do. But she I brought do. in that whole kind of boho like hippie chic kind of look mm. and it was like I think they t- did the wardrobe style like that to kind of show that like Carrie was trying to morph into something because with all of her other boyfriends Carrie was Carrie like mm. no matter how shitty she was like with Big she was Carrie Burger Carrie Petrovsky Carrie like all the big boyfriends she was like herself like she was wearing her little shit but then with Aiden it mm. was like it was like walking the dog and it was a very different life. Yeah, it was and not her. It was just, She just wasn't being herself. Even though she was being good, it's not that she was being a bad person, but she was trying to force herself into like a fucking circle into a square, you know, that way. And, mm. and he was trying to do it too, as he said, where he was like, let's run off to Maui and get Maui'd. And yeah. she was just like, oh, I can barely wear the poxy ring. Like, And their breakup, like she was... Like, she was so, he just wanted, he was the kind of guy, I think, he was the kind of guy where, and they do exist, even in Dublin, where they're like, I want to be married by 32. Yeah. He, 
I think he had that in his head. As and fucking Miranda says, they got their light on. Yeah, he was like, I've met a girl, okay, quick. Like, she was letting him break down the apartment wall. Yeah. Like, they moved in together. He wouldn't even even let them just move in and live together. She he was like... Yeah. But he wouldn't rest with that. He yeah. was like, we need to get married. And she was like, let me fucking li- live you with you first. Used like, to living with yeah. yeah. And he was like, no. You're doing it now or never. Yeah. And that's... That's just like pressurizing relationships like that is not going to be a good thing. Yeah. And I think he always did that. Okay, girl, let's wrap it up because you are hiccuping a yeah. storm in the Korean air. I don't know why. It's Thank only you. when we, I think it must be talking because you don't get like when we don't record. It's only when we record. <laughs> I can't handle it. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. Let us know who your favorite fucking Second like, City dude is. Or your thoughts. Or your thoughts, all Sorry. the rest. Um, as I said, always, you can email us, itgalspodcast at gmail.com. Get us on Insta, um, at itgalspodcast. We're the same everywhere. We love you, bitches. Yeah, we do. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm here coming so bad. Okay, love you, bitches. Bye. Bye.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.